My name is Rob Auchincloss, and this is the Holocene Podcast, where we seek knowledge in the most creative, adventurous, and bright among us. These are storytellers, entrepreneurs, athletes, designers, and everything else in between. It is my job as the host to take what they have each learned in their own lives and codify their knowledge so that you can use their lessons in your own life. Now, today's episode is sponsored by the Holocene Newsletter. Uh, I used to publish a weekly newsletter on a bunch of different channels, and it's recently been rebranded and republished under the Holocene name. You can find the Holocene newsletter at holocene.substack.com, as well as link below in the show notes bio. But on today's episode, I am joined by none other than John Tang. John Tang uh, used to be one of the senior footwear designers and head of special products over at Kith, which is a very well-known um, creative... I don't know how to best describe Kith without butchering it, so you may look it up if you please. Uh, And and now finds himself as a senior designer at K-Swiss, also heading up most of their special projects. And our conversation ranges all over the place. We mostly talk about design and creation and storytelling, and especially the growth of science fiction and other amazing categories as they propagate their way into modern pop culture society and help us define the future of the humanity that we all want to live in. Uh, you can find John Tang on Instagram at John T. Tang. That's J-O-N-T-T-A-N-G. I hope you enjoy this episode between myself and John Tang. Life is either an incredible adventure or it's nothing at all. John, thanks for coming on my show. Very, very, very happy to be here, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I always start every podcast the same way, and I ask the following question. What is the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning? Um, I question, do I want the coffee? Interesting. But I, but the, the thing is, it's kind of a rhetorical question, because I always want the coffee. <laughs> you always want the coffee. But it's just like a, you know, it's just like a thing you think about. It's like, do I want the coffee? I'm like, and, and, and that's like literally while I'm making it, you yeah. know, it's like, yeah. do I still want this? I'm like, yeah. I want it. Is, is that based on potentially desire to at one point stop drinking coffee or is it just more like a, you're asking yourself, it's kind of like a, like a gunshot start, you know? It's yeah. Just, the question is truly rhetorical where it is yeah. very much a, do I want the coffee? I'm already starting to make the coffee. Let's start this day. And yeah. it's all kind of like one thing. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and for me, the only reason why I ask is because, I used to question that my the exact same question I've asked myself. Do I want the coffee? And then one day I was like, I, I, do I like the hot liquid in my mouth? Do I like, do you like the taste of the coffee? Like do, or is it worth me having these, like the feeling of being caffeinated all day? And mm-hmm. I used to love that. But then at one point I just stopped drinking caffeine for a while. So I was like, let's test this out. Mm-hmm. Let's see what it's like. And so I took three months off and I haven't gone back. Hmm. So I, you know, caffeine doesn't really do anything to me. Cause I actually love, I love, I love to drink soda. I love, yeah, yeah, you know, sure. all that kind of stuff. So coffee actually does nothing to me. You know, I can actually, I can actually drink coffee at like 10 p.m. I actually do the whole European thing of, yeah. you know, the Post espresso, dinner coffee. Yeah, yeah. espresso dinner or whatever. But, yeah. you know, so it doesn't really do anything. I actually enjoy the taste and I enjoy the culture of Absolutely. coffee, you know, like to make it and grind it and, you know, yeah. whatever the process you would do. Right now I do more drip style. So it's yeah. like, I like the process of making it. It's a it. morning ritual. Yeah. It's very artisanal to sure. an extent, you know sure. what I mean? So it's that allows me to kind of get into this mode of, of uh, you know, it's almost kind of like factory level of like yeah. assembly, you know, I'm yeah. like doing things and it's just part of Absolutely. the assembly line, yeah. right? 
And and so going off that, are there any other things that you do every morning that kind of set a routine for you, or do you keep it a bit lighter? Um, you know, I always walk the dog, obviously, because yeah. you know, he's got to go. You know, yeah. but but also that's on the walk. It's very quite, you know, sure. Like morning reset, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, okay, while I'm walking him, I'm like, okay, what do I need to do today? I start sure. prioritizing and, you know, by the time, I, you know, I'm coming on back, you know, it's like, I am ready, ready to go. go. Yeah. yeah. It's like, instead of just jumping into things, I'm actually sitting there and prioritizing these yeah, things absolutely. while I'm doing this walk. And, you know, the walk is not a long walk, but it's not yeah. a short walk. Right. So yeah. it's like, you know, it's like a nice time to just kind of get things started in yeah. a kind of organizational mode, you know? Absolutely. Um, and just kind of to set the stage, um, cause we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about what you do, how we met and, and, and everything in that kind of category and not to spoil anything. Um, how would you describe the work you do now to your eight year old self? I, I storytell basically with product, Got you it. know, I mean, and, and that really is the core of everything. Cause when I think about anything that I ever do in the end of the day, I am telling stories. Yeah. I am. Um, taking something like an idea, concept, or whatever, and telling it through something else. Sure. And that's the medium, yep. whatever, right? So, you know, young me would just be, I'd just tell young me, like, I am basically just making stuff with yeah. stories, you know? Yeah. And, and to the rest of the masses, you currently find yourself at K-Swiss, yep. right? Um, how did you get into... So you, you always in design, right? You have a background in graphic design and yep. other, is it industrial? I forget what, what it was. Um, well, so I came from University of Texas in Austin. Yeah. There was a design program there. Yep. Um, it was like a four-year four program. Um, and it was a very Bauhaus-driven kind of design, sure. you know, yep. uh, practice basically where all my teachers were in different forms of design and, yeah. and, and different kinds of practices of design. And they, and they would teach us through the concept of design. So because yes. of that, we understood how to conceptualize the design process and yeah. go through that. Um, and whatever our medium for output could be anything, you know? So yeah. because of that, yeah, I started out in graphic design because that's kind of what I thought I would be in for a long time, sure. you know? And then uh, I just ended up shifting over to industrial, you know, product design, whatever, specifically yeah. footwear, uh, just just because it was something that I was just always interested in because I always loved sneakers growing up. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, the job, jobs kind of like, when, you know, I was, at Puma doing graphic design. Yeah. And because when you work for a shoe company, you sure. just shoes everywhere kind of yeah. thing. And it's like, well, well I love sneakers. Yeah. And it's like, why don't I just do sneakers? You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I'm already here, you know? Yeah. So yeah, like a job opened up and I just applied, you know? And they were like, cool, I'll go, go see what you Yeah, get. of course I had to go through some interview <laughs> processes and yeah, all that, yeah, you know? Totally. But um, yeah, they, they could see I had the the talent for con you know conceptualizing something, sure. you know? Um, not everybody can do the translation from graphic to product, you know, um, just as, just as much as from any category to the next, even apparel to footwear you yes. know, or vice versa. So, yes. you know, not everybody can do it. So I'm very fortunate that because of my, you know, background, my schooling background in that kind of Bauhaus style, yep. I could step back holistically and think about design through a process and then rethink the medium, um, technically as needed, you know, in context. Yeah. So. Um, and just kind of quick foray into sneaker and sneaker culture. Um, growing up, was there a certain pair of sneakers that you had that you absolutely loved and adored? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, so, so I grew up really, really poor actually. Yep. And my, my parents couldn't afford like, you know, the everyday sneaker. You grew up in Texas, right? I grew up in Texas. Yep. yep. Uh, you know, and this was like heyday of Nike in the nineties, you know, they were just like the, that, I mean, the sneakers yeah. in the nineties was like, I would still say, you know, 
very opinionated and biased. That sure. sneakers in the nineties, like from Nike or whatever, like they were that that was the prime of sneakers. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like now, right now, sneakers is super buzzworthy and everything. Absolutely. But you know, I think a lot of it has to play into the resale market and people want to make money and all that. It's like yeah. the love for sneakers is is just different, you know. Mm. But like in the in the nineties and stuff, that was pure love. It had yeah. nothing to do with resale. Had no, yeah. it was just people loving sneakers. Yeah, and, and, and going crazy. Over and it. we'll go in later. And and one thing I'm talking to you about is is the whole resale market because because yep. because it, it, it in my opinion it's destroying not just sneakers but of also course. something else. You and I both find common, which is collectibles, especially Pokemon, yes. especially comics. It's just destroying 100%. everything. Yeah. But that's a whole other topic we'll, we'll jump into. Um, but yes, let me, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll finish, that, finish off that thought. So what I used to do back in the day was, and ironically, before reselling was yeah. I would, you know, scoundrel up any change and the littlest amount of money that I could possibly get, you know, yeah. from doing house chores or whatever. And I would always be able to get like about 50 bucks worth in a couple of years of time, sure. basically. Right. Yeah. So. Like, uh, I, I would look to kids who had the same feet as I, same size yeah. foot as I, I'd be like, Hey man, like I'm, how about I buy your shoes off you? Cause you're going to get the next ones. Sure. Anyway, you know, your like, parents are going to buy it. Yeah. Your parents are going to yeah. get you the next ones next month anyway. So it's like, you're going to throw them away or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I will literally buy these off you, you know? Nice. And so every, you know, every new shoe that came up, um, I try, you know, if I could get the money in time, yeah. you know, I would get it. Right. So actually initially I started, it was like 20 bucks actually. 20 was the initial one. Right. Yeah. So I got like, um, up temple two quiz Webers for 20 bucks, you know, <laughs> and amazing. I, I mean, I ran those until my toes were popping out, you know, yeah. the air pockets were all blown and everything. So, and then the next shoe came up was the air max 95s yeah. and the neons. Right. I was able to get those for 20 bucks, you know, and then, and I love those two. Same thing till the pockets were blown out. Yeah, whatever, yeah, right? yeah, totally. You know, and then uh, in, in that same year, yeah. uh, Concord 11s came out, you know? Yeah. And I was like, man, that is, that is a beautiful, beautiful shoe. And yeah. I remember literally being at recess while playing basketball. And this kid who's who I've been buying shoes off of, yeah. uh, J, his name is JP. Um, I'd be like, hey, man, like, you know, same old, same old, like, how about I get these shoes off you? <laughs> yeah. 20 bucks, you know, because I can do 20 bucks, you know? And he comes back at me with, he's like, no, 50. And I, I you know. Damn it, JP. It took, yeah, it took me so long to get 20. Yeah. There's no way in hell I'm going to get 50, yeah. you know? And there was just the one that got away. And for from that, and then of, of course, so, you know, cemented in time that the 11 Concord became like the greatest you know, yeah. most desirable shoe of all time, basically. And of course, yeah. it had to be the one unicorn that got away, right? You know, yeah. so, uh, yeah. Sure. So that's kind of the shoe for me. Um, do you still have any of them? Well, yeah. I mean, now, obviously, I've been, I'm in the industry, right? So I have friends yeah. and, you know, yeah. um, and, and, and people have definitely helped me, sure. you know, get shoes that are super hyped up now. So I'm sure. lucky to be in a position sure. where Absolutely, I am. Yeah. But 100%, every time I see the shoe or whatever that yeah. I grew up with, like, I made sure to buy... The up-tempo to Chris Webber's when they brought him back, you know, like Absolutely. I had to yeah. re-get those ones. Yeah. Air Max 95 Neons, oh, of course I'm getting those, you Absolutely. know, and, and, yeah. and then the Concords, like every time they re-release them, I have to get them because it's a piece of my childhood. And yes, sure. I have the access now, so I'm very fortunate. You do, yeah, and, and I know? think, so the K-Swiss is probably less lesser known these days For in, sure. in terms of like brand, but the, the where you were before K-Swiss is probably one of the most well-known you yep. know, centers of, 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 I wouldn't call it, calling it, calling Kith hype culture is not really fair, but like centers of just modern streetwear is Kith. Yep. Uh, Ronnie Feig 
and you were there for three years. Yep, I was there for three years. I did all I did all the special projects, uh, hardline stuff. So mainly yep. footwear, and then as well as like some accessories and some apparel. Yeah. What was the favorite project you worked on there? Uh, I'm sure it was all fun, right? I mean, it was all super super fun. Yeah. And Ronnie is a really an awesome dude. Um, and I've no, you know, I knew him for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, just the one that sticks out the most, just because like it it's so sneaker culture like you know grassroots was was to be able to do the bape kith one yes you know like yeah i got to relook at bape the bape uh, the bapesta and do it through this uh, made in portugal lens yeah so I, I i got to refine it a bit you know i got mm-hmm. I, I took the shape i i took all the lines and i just you know tweaked them a little bit to make it a little yeah. bit more uh chic a little bit more within that kind of uh, luxury lens of, you know, with, Absolutely. with what, you know, Kith wanted to do with, with Bape, you know, it wasn't sure. just a Bape's the, you know, it was, it was a little bit more, you know, it was not only is it made in Portugal, but also the, the, the kind of materials and everything. So then curating all that for that kind of thing. So it, yeah. that was that just because it, I mean, Bape holds such a, a moment in sneaker culture yeah. that to be able to kind of redefine that through that lens was, was, was really, you know, something. And I remember when that came out and like, I, I was never, I wouldn't say I wasn't a fan of Bape. It's just, it wasn't my style. Right. Of so course. I was never, it wasn't the thing I was wearing, but I saw that and I was like, wow, this, I, this might want to, if I could get my hands on one. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it was, that sold out in like seconds. Yeah. Like, like most like milliseconds. So, so my question is, do you, I'm sure everything you worked on, you, at, you, either have a copy of still or you you've sold or, or put, moved on your version of what the for sure. you worked on. So do you, do you have some sneakers that you just keep that you are never going to wear that are more like a sentimental piece for you? Oh or? yeah, totally. I mean that one was probably be, yeah. So I worked on all the, the Nike drops with, yes. with kids. So yeah. there was a, a hand, so you have your own pair. Yeah. There was a handful of like LeBron stuff and a handful of, uh, the yeah. Scotty Pippen maestros and the Air yeah. Pippen ones. So, beautiful, beautiful. um, you know, the, LeBron's one I I didn't really grab just because there was just I mean to be honest we did a lot you know yeah, no, we had for like sure. six shoes or something yeah, so a couple. I the Pippins and stuff actually meant more to me just because I grew up yeah. in that era with doing Absolutely. the Maestros and Air Pippin ones yeah so I only kept I kept those ones just because I. Um, or I actually even got those ones just because it, it was just it's, it was just during personal. my time, you yeah, know, specifically. Absolutely. Like LeBron was, is a little later, you know. Obviously, yeah. LeBron's now, mm-hmm. right? And you know, I still watch NBA now, and I think he's an amazing player. But like, yeah. you know, Pippen and, and and MJ, like I watched that team. Absolutely, you know, like yeah, when, that was me as a kid. You so, know what I mean, are are you a Rockets fan then? Going oh, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I'm sorry, <laughs> I know right now is not a good time. Houston Houston sports are having just quite the not, yeah, quite, really quite not doing time. it right no. now. Um, yeah. Going back into sneakers, I, I'm trying to think back. Um, I used to work right near the the I, I, I call it the OG Kisser, even though it's not. So like right, oh, the, yeah. the, it moved into the the new I, the double story glass on yep. this bleaker, right? Yep. And then before that, I was in the corner. I think that was a temp store, right? The one that was in the corner, like a block away or two next to the. Yeah, I mean, Equinox. it used to be in the back of of atrium, basically. Yep. 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 And so the the two pieces that I still have. Um, that I will probably never get rid of is there was a collab with Daniel Arsham mm. and there was a t-shirt that was made yep. and it was the back of it says what you choose to do. No, it's like what something along the lines of like, it was a, it was a good reincarnation of that quote that goes, um, you are what you do, not what you say you do. Mm-hmm. And like a very Arsham way. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And I've always liked his stuff. And the second one, I can't remember it. Um, yeah. I'll have to bring up, I'll have to think about that. I might have been one of the Stone Island ones. 
that. I, I don't think it was. I don't think it was a collab. I think it was just something that you guys sold that I thought yep. was just cool. Yeah. Um. So, what what caused the transition from Kith to K Swiss? Uh, that was purely out of me wanting to, uh, so I, I have my own brand as yep. well, Frontier, yep. and I wanted to actually just focus a little bit more on the brand. Sure. Um, and I just also started growing out of New York, yeah. the city. Yeah, totally. Um, I had always loved LA and I always kind of, yeah. I knew I would come back to LA at some, uh, cause I'd lived in LA before mm-hmm. New York. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of felt it was like a, you know, it was time to kind of like go yeah. back to LA and I, cause yeah, I was just I was at a breaking point with the East Coast in general because I'd been sure. in the East Coast for so long. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd been in the East Coast since like 2007. Yeah. So, so you're kind of done. I was just really done with the cold weather, yeah. done with just all that, you know. So I was just like, you know, I really want to go LA's back to LA. Great. LA's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sunshine every day, yeah. you know. So, and I like to surf, I like to hike. So, yeah, absolutely. I was like, you know what? I'm, I want to go back. I loved Kith. Don't get me wrong. There's yeah. not no hurt feelings at all. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Ronnie's still close friends. Yep. Still, still really close with him. Yeah. So. I, I just I wanted to leave on my own accord, uh, focus yep. a little bit more on Frontier, uh, and also just yeah again just just live in LA. I was just Absolutely. I really it was just more of like that kind of work life balance of wanting to kind yeah. of be uh, in sunshine you know sunshine state basically sure and surf and and, and all that Hang jazz out. you know so and I do think LA is if if you were to compare Houston to New York or LA Houston is much more. Like so then that was one of the things like just seeing yeah. the sun, yes. you know, like yeah. I grew up I'm like Superman. I grew yeah. up like with the sun, you yeah. know, and so it's it also like, way less humid here, which is way nice. less humid over here of a hundred percent, which is actually like, I find myself like, you know, it's much more dry over yeah, here. You know? For sure. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, I moved to LA, uh, and you know, was doing that. And then like, you know, I had worked at case was before actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, the, the president, uh, Barney Wires, he's like an old, a mentor of mine actually where I used to work at Puma before and yeah. he was VP of marketing at Puma at the time. Sure. So yeah. he like hits me back up again. He's like, Hey, like since you're back in LA, like, do you, do you want to work on this? Yeah. Thing? Like, you know, I'll let you work on frontier too. Yeah. Uh, and you can, you know, help us out. Perfect. You know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. if I can do frontier at the same time, yeah. great. Why not? You know, yeah. I need health insurance anyways. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> <For sure. laughs> um, so it kind of worked out in that, in that yeah. sense that I could, I, I, I could do both. Yeah. yeah. Do, doing your own side project is fun until you realize you need health insurance. Exactly. <laughs> Pay bills. <laughs> and my mom always told me. Insurance. She's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so, but, but credit to you, uh, you know, I think like most people in our respective generations, like hype beast is something that you check every once in a while. You, you definitely see it. It's around. And I would say that, since the products you've worked on seem to always hit hype beast and yeah. always are always get. And I, and I honestly, I, I, I do like to think that you've brought not relevance back to the case with brand, but a lot of the products you've worked on seem to have been a lot more just publicly received much brighter. Yeah. Sense. And that's, you know, yeah. that's, that's credit to Barney for kind of knowing that I have that skill set. Right? Sure. So, right. And obviously him want you know, we, they wanted to bring the brand back in a better, uh, yeah. you know, different kind of space, you know, and a space that they hadn't really played in in a long time. So yeah. obviously I'd done so much work at Kith and even at, when I was at Puma, that's what I was doing at Puma as sure. well. Special projects. Yeah. Special projects and yeah. collabs. So obviously, you know, I've just, I've been doing it for so long that, yeah. you know, kind of relying on my skill set to kind of do that does make sense. So that's kind of why, yeah, like lately and recently all the stuff at case was, you know, yeah, all the special project stuff that I've been working on has, been getting that kind of limelight and, and, and press in that specific way because yeah. that was the intent. So the one you posted your story today, I was just referencing the Girl Scout cookie stuff. That yeah. is, was that, is that you? Yep. It was all me. 
Sweet. So the I guess someone one of my friends asked me. He's like, of all the of all the sh- like, gr- everyone can agree that Girl, Girl Scout cookies are phenomenal. Yeah. Except for the shortbreads. <laughs> so he, so was, he was like, why do they make a shoe of that? Like why? Because it's the one cookie that has their logo on it. Yeah, which is wild. Isn't that wild yeah. how that works? And it's like, and the shortbread's like one of their OG like, No, for cookies. sure. Like it's, it's, one it's, of their, it's a good cookie. Like it's one of their first cookies. Yes, you know? it's good. But when you compare it to like a Thin Mint. Oh, of course. So, I mean, that's why when yeah. we were like picking, you know, cookies, which ones yeah. to do, obviously, like sure. shortbread wasn't the first one, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't the first one. But, yeah. you know, like the coconut caramels and the Thin yeah. Mints obviously are the are the top. What are those called? Two. Those have a name. It's like the 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 Malay, the Malay. There's a specific name, Samal, Samal. Oh, so there's two names cuz factory they use two different factories and oh, one really? factory is Samoa's and the other is uh, Caramel Delights. So, oh, kind I'm of used like to Caramel Delights in the East Coast. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, depending on where you are, like each factory kind of has their own <laughs> yeah, kind of name or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's why, uh, you know, Girl Scouts as a brand, I think they, they're trying to consolidate to one name. Sure. So I think coconut caramel right now is kind of their consolidated name. To it makes of, sense. You know, it, it, it gets confusing. Right? It is what now, it is. Right. It, yeah. And that's just kind of how it goes. So, um, but yeah, so when we were thinking about like a third shoe to go, do, yeah. you know, I liked the idea that the shortbread was literally this like full cookie with their logo. And it's like, and the colors are OG good. Logo too. And, the, and it's the, a good color. The like, blue they use is nice. The blue is good. And yeah. the cookie itself is this nice, like tan, yeah. you know, kind of yellowish tan color. So it was a very commercial, easy to wear Absolutely. kind of color. Yeah. And, and just, I, I could just envision the sway with this embossed logo. Like, you, and that's their I'm OG. staring at it right now. Yeah. Um, uh, silhouettes logo, right? So, um, I wanted to like really hark back to that OG logo, and and of course the box had a match. Like so that and that was a whole thing. Like initially they, you know, they were kind of apprehensive to it just because that's the yeah. icon. They're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and because they're an old, you know, they're an old brand, so yeah, they really know sure. like what to do to translate to newness, yeah. right? You know, but. Uh, we were able to convince them that the box was equally as iconic as the cookies themselves. Absolutely. And so, yeah, like translating the box into yeah. shoe boxes was. You can was you thing. can see it from like across the room. If your friend got girls cookies, like in, in the office, in the office, like you can see it from eight cubicles away. You're like totally cookies. Totally. So I, that translation from like yeah. cookie box to shoe box was a huge thing to me. Yeah. And so I like I advocated for that like sure. tenfold. You know, yeah. we got a lot of pushback initially. I'm sure. And but we finally were able to um, you know find a compromise with them, and so yeah. uh, we, we worked it out. So just I think some people might find this curious uh, or interesting. Could you walk us through like? the total amount of like timeline and process of doing one of these special projects. I'm sure it, it varies massively based on. It does. And ma- it very much ma- uh, like is contextual to sure. who you're working with. Yeah. The brand, you know, the brands and all that jazz, but you know, in a nutshell, we're probably talking like 12 to 18 months. Like, cool. Like from yeah. just idea, know, me- idea yeah. meeting with them, whatever to selling in hand. Yeah. Right. It can be, it can range around 12 to 18, you know, it takes about a year and some change. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And so depending, so I guess the question for this is interesting because I would say Girl Scout is probably one of the most traditional collaborations you've had in terms of companies, right? Has anyone been more like old school in terms like, cause I look at Girl Scouts like that's an unchangeable thing. Yeah. Right. It's been the same since I was a kid. Like the boxes look the same. The, the ingredients, the same. I might have added more shit to them. Who knows? But like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I think it'd be interesting to know, like, did they approach you or did you guys approach them? 
Uh, I I approached them actually. I nice. saw them at yeah. a like a licensing show basically, <laughs> and That's awesome. just literally like just ambushed them. You know, just like yeah. hey, like let's make some shoes. Let's do something because there's something here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's phenomenal. Congrats on that. Thank um, you. Thank you. Uh, you're just gonna. I'm sure you're gonna keep a couple pairs of those for uh, a rainy day. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is actually a, a, an interesting tangent. How do you tackle? Because you probably own how many hundreds of pairs of sneakers? Too many. All right. Do you have an idea of what the number is? Too many. <laughs> how do you how do you handle storage? Because I feel like this is a hotly debated topic. So I I always take the shoes out of the boxes. Yeah. Unless the box itself is a specific special box, sure, like this, like the case with like, Girl the, Scout. like the Girl Scout box, like yeah, that's a special absolutely. box. So I hope, yeah. would hope someone would keep that, right? Yeah. Even down to the paper, the the paper is literally the silver foil. Oh, that's incredible! You know that yeah. that the old uh, thin mints used to come in. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so, so if like if it's something special that I know that somebody put work in for sure. a box, whatever, then I'll keep that box. But if it's not, yeah. then I usually don't. Yeah. You know, and I actually have like a ginormous shelf that holds, you know shoes yep. you know whatever um but I, yeah i try i try to i actually try to take them out of the boxes because i like to see them yeah no for sure so yeah. like the i think container store at, at the beginning was trying to figure out why they're like uh, clear drop front shoe boxes were selling yep. so well people realized yep. that like the hype the hype community was like not yep. the hype just anyone who likes sneakers or shoes like i use them in my closet just totally. normal shoes totally it's nice you'd be like what shoes am i gonna wear today yeah um going off that we are seeing year after year, day after, almost week day after day at this point. This this everyone is getting into sneakers. Yeah. Everyone's into it. Like I think the the peak might be uh, I think what's it's Kamala Harris's son in law wearing Dior ones to the inauguration. Yeah. Like that's you know that that, yeah. that that that's a point to make, right? It's yeah. like he he chose not to wear traditional shoes and wore those, and they're beautiful sneakers, highly expensive, yep. affordable by a very small amount, but. Do you see this kind of category we're in where there's definitely an artificial supply issue that's being created with some of these releases just to create this oh, higher course. level that? But do you, do you see continuing the same direction or do you think at some point it's going to have to level off or, or decline? Um, I don't know about leveling off or declining, but it's going to evolve, of course. Sure. You know, and, you know, it's going to all the big brands want to capitalize as much as they can. Absolutely. You know, at, at, you yeah. know, got to strike while the iron is hot, you know, yeah. so the iron's hot right now. So, you know, it's, it really, it really comes down to the consumers themselves. Yeah. You know, when they start to feel tired. Yeah. You know, sure. And yeah, I, I, I would say it is getting to that point. It is, you know, yeah. You'll There's find... only so many off whites, Nike collabs. Exactly. Have, yeah. So at a certain point, <laughs> you know, like, and it's starting to happen already now, yeah. you know, a lot of, uh, brands and stuff are starting to get out of sneakers. Yeah. You know, you see, starting to see all of the fashion shows and everything. They're like, before it was like 100% sneakers in the show. Absolutely. You know, yeah. But now they're going back to old derbies, loafers, and, you know, yeah. whatnot. So, like, the margins are better on those two for them. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, everything comes in cycles. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, sneakers were hot for a, quite a while. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and there's just, it's going to evolve, you know, and, slow, and taste levels are going to have to change because. Yeah. It's human nature. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it has to, the pendulum always swings equal and opposite yeah. when something has hit, has hit fever pitch basically. Yeah. You know, so in every category, it yes. doesn't just, no, it's not just fashion or sneakers or whatever. It's like yeah. literally every category from music to yeah. whatever. Like when something is too big, the equal and opposite 
starts to brew. Life's about balance. It and is. they like the universe is pretty good yep. at being as they say, nat- nature is parsimonious, right? It wants the cheapest, most efficient way to get somewhere. Exactly. Um you this this is uh, this question really came in my head. So like I'm thinking like a big life event. I think like think of think of a wedding or like maybe an inauguration. Like what shoes are you wearing on your wedding day? Mm. You know, it really depends on who I'm marrying, to be sure, honest. Sure, to be fair. You know? Just say I, they're like carte blanche. I, unless you, I guess, I guess for you, I now understanding your response, like maybe you want your shoe choice to reflect correct their. It's it's a fifty fifty uh, for sure. You know, situation, right? Sure. So I want to be mindful of yeah of that. So complimentary. If, you know, if she if she wants a certain kind of presentation. Sure. I have to be respectful of that. Absolutely. So yeah. I would pick Maybe the they shoes. want the beautiful Italian leather shoes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. If she wants a little bit something a little bit more traditional. Now, yeah. I'll always put in my little <laughs> yeah. touch to it, you yeah, know. But touch, I will yeah. be mindful to what they, their, uh, you know, her expectation might be. Sure. So, like, yeah, I'm, I, can, I won't just form, formulaically throw yeah. out, like, I have to do this. You yeah. Know? So, I, you know, I like to be contextual. I like having Absolutely. some... You know, in the end of the day, like it's so ironic because I have done collaborations all my life, so I'm, yeah. I'm actually all about collaboration. Cool. Sure. <laughs> Speaking of which, is, the, is there a certain brand or individual that you would like stop everything you're doing to do a collaboration with right now? Uh, yeah, probably with Hiroki Nakamura, who's uh, uh, head of Visvim. Yeah. He's uh, he's like my super super idol, basically. Yeah. Like he's. He's the one. If I if I were to do anything with, you know, yeah. I would love to work with him because he he's just a he's a genius and a purist in his own specific world. Yeah, and has done such a good job of just translating some things he loves into yeah. into product, basically. You know, I think uh, it's I've honestly ever quoted it. It was originally a Martin Scorsese quote, and it was re-repeated by Bong Joon Ho during his you know winning the Oscar last year for Parasite. But he said that you know what is most personal is most creative. Yeah. And I think it's a very underrated statement because it is. It's like it is. The, the people I look up to most, designers or, or architects or anyone or engineers even, it's like you look at the stuff that they are famous for. It's like it's things that are in, intrinsically, it's them. Because there's this habitual like want and need to like do it the best of what you're capable of doing because it's personal to you. I would say that I, I am in a fortunate space where all I've, you know, most of my collaborative work and all that stuff that I've worked on is stuff that I am emotionally connected to. Yes. You know, yeah. um, things that I already love and follow. Like, yeah, like the girls. I mean, I, I grew up loving eating Girl Scout cookies, right? So yeah. it, it made it so much easier to design for it because I knew all these things about it because yeah. I, I was already a fan of it, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of one of my big, you know, skill sets, I guess, is that I, I'm very much like, I'm a super fan and that designs stuff for the super fans. Yeah. You know, so. Which is a beautiful place to be. Yeah. Right. Like you design for yourself. I'm basically designing for myself and making sure that I would approve of it because I'm a super fan. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, cases I got to do like, you know, anime shoes and like, yeah, you know, my hero academia. Like I love that show. Yeah. You know, I love anime. Yeah. And the fact that I could do a shoe on it, like I made sure that a super fan would approve. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, another one was Magic the Gathering. Yeah, I grew up playing that shit. You know, I loved that. You know, and is there is there was there a collab yeah, with we, them? We, yeah, we did one and oh, sold out like that. seconds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we were gonna sell it at Comic Con, but obviously with COVID. So, yeah. Um, but we uh, Hasbro Pulse did a, a thing. You know, our online launch during the Comic Con would have been Comic Con time, but yeah, yeah. It sold out. But like because I like I loved that. Yeah. You know, I knew how to 
translate that because yeah. you know I love the culture of it. You Have know? you tried Pokemon yet? Of course. They're probably. They, I feel you like know, Nintendo had, Company is so harsh on. They, they IP. had. A, they actually had already had. Uh, by the time we had met them, uh, they already had Adidas lined up, and obviously the Levi stuff that just launched. Yeah. Like for they, the twenty fifth anniversary. Already, yeah, yeah, they had already talked to Adidas, uh, and, and and that was already in the works. So yeah. We didn't want to, you know. Yeah. Timing is always everything. Timing is everything, especially with, with, with anything related to, to culture, yeah. I think. And so I think this is a good time to start on this conversation. It's like I grew up probably uh, – I, I am a massive fan of Pokemon. No, nice. You are too. Yep. Um, you're the people I know that still plays Pokemon Go. Yep, I still do. Yeah. You, it's, you like, know, it's funny though because <laughs> I actually just – I got back into it when COVID. Brilliant. Just yeah. because I was like, oh, it'll be a great way to like – I'm going to be home all the time. Yeah, like, for sure. At least I can do something at home. It's a brilliant game. You know, and like when I walk the dog, it'll yeah. make the walks a little bit more interesting. Sure. So it's like – you know, so it was. I, I got back into it, and I realized it, it changed a lot since, like, when because well, I joined yeah. when the game first started, and yeah. you couldn't do anything on there. You know, yeah. uh, but then coming back to it was yeah. really interesting because I was like, "Wow, you can do so much stuff now!" Like, yeah. it's it's just it's changed, and 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 you know, first off, hats off to Niantic. Like yeah. they they really figured out how to t- take that. Um, world and turn it into this oh, it's game. In- incredible what they did. And just the way that they, um, you know, overlaid it to yeah. real life, you know, like mm-hmm. spatially, you know, like it was, v- they're very smart for it, you know? Yeah. I'd say it's still probably the best AR game out there. Right oh, now. by far. Yeah. And it just, it, it's so immersive and feels at like, yeah. at, at, like at the moment you're making you know? me want to re-download it now <laughs> I, re- I, I highly suggest you do you know yeah, like yeah i get no commissions from this no no for sure yeah <laughs> but this, this is not you know, a paid sponsor it's not a paid sponsor but like i love i just love that they love it you know yeah. like you can definitely tell they're having a good time making it and, yes. and adding to it yes and and evolving it every time like and that's what i love about going on. nintendo yeah. in general not just pokemon but like you look at the 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 switch feels like a labor of love to me oh 100 yeah. so this is why nintendo has stayed um, relevant. Yeah. Not Graphics in, don't matter. Not in Speed the, doesn't exactly, matter. Not in the hardware sense. Yeah. Like in terms of like the tech specs of it, right? Like yeah. Yeah. PS PS Five and and uh, and Xbox, whatever. Like One they. S, X, yeah. They. Five X, seven. Whatever. Whatever <laughs> the name is. They. <laughs> they are continuing a race to see who does the best performance. Oh yeah. You know. And there's always it's always like that in every category, yeah. right? So number three has to figure out a way to be different. Yeah. You know. Sure. And Nintendo has figured that out yeah and they always come at yeah their angle yeah. always a little different but the thing is it's one thing to do it differently but also to do it differently and do it really well yes and nintendo is that basically and and for me it's like you know my my, my friends who will they're like why don't you play battlefield it's like i'd rather play mario party i'd rather play mario party 8 than battlefield oh yeah like, totally. i don't care like this this yeah. this is fun it's enjoyable it's like i don't care if i'm watching 4k 60 fps graphics of yeah like people don't get me wrong i, I love good graphics like, absolutely it's beautiful i mean i'm a i'm a playstation you know player yeah. myself and i love yeah. playstation whatever and i love and I, every game that comes out whatever i always do try to play blah blah blah, blah. but i also have the yeah. switch but yeah you know and I love playing the Switch because yeah. that one's less about the graphics, obviously, and all that no. jazz. It's about not only the experience, the experience of the console or the yes. way that they're going about it, but they also know good storytelling, yeah. character development. I mean, like if you just look at their franchises, it's the of, adventure. Right? Yeah, like Zelda, Metroid, sure. Mario. I mean, come on, these are legendary. Yeah. You know, yeah. and they do such a good job of cultivating those yeah. characters and just evolving them with every 
you know, turn of the way. And they yeah. do it in a, in a, in a very like organic way, you know, like I played uh, yeah. Mario Odyssey, right. And oh, that was, yeah. and it was an amazing game. And it was like, I haven't played they, that yet. they took, they, they went back to the drawing board when they were like, okay. Because if you think about the way they thought about it, it's like, yeah. okay, we're going to come out with a new Mario game. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be on obviously switch. Right. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it's gonna be on the, the newest platform, but yeah. let's figure out a way to like go at a different way, obviously. Because sure. again, like I said, that's Nintendo's way of thinking about it. They weren't just gonna give you another Mario 3D game, right? They no. wanted to do something a little, just enough to give it a, no. a, a and, point of difference. And the you know? brilliant thing about Nintendo now is that they are pretty much like you can't translate Call of Duty well to the iPhone. No. But you can translate every single Nintendo game that's ever been made to the iPhone very easily. Oh yeah, totally. And that's the and like so I'm waiting one day. It's just like. I don't know why they haven't done this, but if, you know, back in my high school days, the cool thing to do is to have an iPhone and to jailbreak it so you could play Pokemon Yellow. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm just saying now, it's like, you know how much money Nintendo would make if they made an emulator for their for the iPhone? I remember that reading you somewhere to... that that was already in the works. I'm sure it is, but like yeah. I'd pay 30 bucks for, for like, like Pokemon Yellow yeah, and yeah, Red. Ar- and Old arcade, basically. Kind 20 of bucks vibe. a month to access yeah. every single Nintendo game. Because they, yeah. I know that they already did that on the Switch. Yes. Where they did the arcade yep. classics, right? I'm pretty sure next step is taking a handful of those that do translate to iPhone yeah. very well, obviously, and easily. Yep. And, you know, do you, mobile... have, do you have a favorite Nintendo game of all time? Mm, probably, huh? I'll give you top three because okay, this yeah, it's has hard. Yeah, context, yeah, sure. You know, um, Zelda. Yep. Original Zelda. Um, We're talking N sixty four. No, no, NES. NES. The so gold plated. The gold plated Zelda. Yeah. Um, you know, where it was like bird's eye view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that original Zelda, that one was, was one. Then, um, I'll just give the whole series because it sure, was just, sure. you know, Battletoads and Double Dragon, basically, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, I've heard I that I really loved couch time. co-ops games because yeah. I had two brothers. Yeah, for and sure. And it was all about us playing together. Together, yeah. You know? And, sure. and I'd say that's kind of lost nowadays, you know, which sucks, you know? Um, it's now all social online. Yeah, it's all online, multiple. It's like, you know, yeah. I like to like, the idea of like going to someone's house yeah. and like playing with them. That's why I love Mario Party as a kid growing up. That's why I like, and again, yeah. I love how Nintendo still keeps Mario Party alive yeah. and Mario Kart. Or even can, Wii Sports, for God's sake. Wii Sports, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the fact Let's that go you, bowling. You could literally do it together, and there's something yeah. about that that's still Social. so pure, you know, and, yeah. and I like that. So that's why I always loved the old Double Dragon and, 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 uh, sure. and um, Battletoads. And, and then, then when they did Double Dragon's Battletoads crossover, well, that was, yeah. blew my mind. Um, and then. Well, there's one. Um, I know there's one more. There's, uh, and, and then Metroid. Metroid. Uh, Metroid. Yeah. Oh, the whole Metroid series. Yeah. Uh, I loved. I loved Metroid just because I love space. No. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm a huge space nerd. Yeah. So that's how Metroid, you and I first. Exactly. Met, right? Yeah. So um, Metroid was the space was the space game. Yeah. You know, and it, it did it the best. You were a, literally a bounty hunter in space, yeah. and you had a cool suit, you know, and... The cooler and, spaceship. Yeah, and, and an amazing spaceship, and, yeah. like, the music was so amazing. Yeah, I was you know, trying was like, to... Literally, like, you know, speaking of relevancy, like, Daft yep. Punk level of music. You yeah. Know, it's like, um, you know... Uh, I'm sure R- you watched R- that video, yeah, right? Yeah, R.I.P. to, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Daft Punk. So, um, but, yeah, like, that, to me, Metroid was, like, so game-changer, because it was, like, not only was it... Uh, just like a simple space game, yeah. But it, it took you to a—you literally felt like you were in an alien. Oh yeah, and, and it was the know? first time I got when because I was trying to think of my answer for that. Like what what I say my favorite three Nintendo games have been, 
and Metroid Prime Fusion on Game Boy SP comes oh, to mind. Oh yeah, totally. And is that that was my first ever Metroid game because I was I was in I don't elementary school middle school when it came out, yeah, right? Because yeah. I was early two thousands. And I remember playing that game. I was kind of like scared by a game because like yeah. you're, you're like in a the dark corridors. Was, yeah, 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 and and yeah, like that was almost like like in the I would say like Mario Dungeon levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of scary, obviously, sure. because the music was like, yeah. like it was so good at like yeah. making you feel that way, right? It was all black background and yeah. fire was coming at you, and you know Bowser was shooting fire from you from like across the level, right? Like <laughs> yeah. there was something kind of scary about that, right? Yeah. Like it was coming, you know, sure. it was ominous, right? But then Metroid took that like to a whole nother another level, level because yeah. you were literally in another planet yes. by yourself yes. and the music made you feel yeah. alone. You know, yeah. like there was something very desolate yeah. and isolated and they, and they did that with like MIDI music, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, that's where they have such a minimal track on the, like, on the chip card. They could, yeah. yeah. Like they just, oh wow. Eight I just, different notes they could use exactly. to make music. So beautiful. I was just thinking about that. So like, I remember I had, I got a Game Boy Color and the Game Boy Advance came out. It was mm-hmm. the coolest thing ever. And I had the little dumb contraption looked like a, a braces holder with like the lights would shine on yeah. the screen so you could find <laughs> the dark. Yeah. The little thing that flipped over. And then Game Boy SP came out and it was backlit. And everyone was like, oh, and I remember this is this. The funny thing about this is this was not even 20 years ago. No, not even. We were celebrating having a backlit yep. thing. And now like the phones in our pocket can do every, everything. Do all that, yeah. um, other favorite game. Uh, Cause like GameCube was like my friends oh, and I was Super Smash was Melee. Oh yeah. 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 I uh, mean, yeah Super <laughs> Smash. Got Pokemon Coliseum. Changed after with GameCube because yeah. of just, you know, the, the rate and the, they figured out the timing, yeah. you know, and everything. And obviously yeah. that was just when they just started flooding it with the characters yeah, absolutely. And, and everyone wanted to be everyone. You know, so yeah, my favorite was, uh, when you have me and three friends over, cause GameCube was like the last was, good social console. Yeah. yeah. And like the fact that you had a four people on it, yeah. you know, and yeah, and it was just like chaos, you know, yeah. it was kind of amazing. And never just, forget that, that intro, the, you press the button, it's like a, and it like bounces on the screen. It has that. Uh, yeah. But with Super Smash Bros. Melee, my favorite was um, you would all race to put your coins on like which character you wanted. And yeah, yeah, yeah. My friends yeah. always play the mode where only one person can be one character. So yeah. we'd all like of race for Gandorf or race for Link or race for Metroid, yeah, and then like yeah. we'd, we'd you know screw around and be like, we're gonna be Kirby this round. We're gonna yeah. do um, another game. I played. You ever play Spiro? Oh, the dragon. The little purple dragon. Yes. Yeah. That was, you know, it was like one of the first uh, PlayStation 1 games. Yes. Yes, I loved Spiro the Dragon. Yeah. I was a huge fan. I, I actually loved dragons growing up too, so yeah. uh, I used to draw them a lot. So, like, yeah, Spiro, when Spiro, uh, yeah. Spiro was like, might have been like, what, like, was Crash Bandicoot was like the first game, right? Yeah, Spiro Crash Bandicoot, been like the second Spiro was up there. Um, uh, FIFA 97. FIFA 97. That was, yeah, because there were a handful <laughs> of these first games, basically, of PS1. Oh, yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, Spiro was just one of the first so did you play 2K2 then? Uh, way long ago. I, I, well, okay. Yeah. For, yeah. I just, you know, sports games, I kind of got out, out of after a while. I don't sure. know. Like, games ended up becoming more of like a sort of a creative outlet for me. It's sure. Like, kind of like yeah. a creative uh, rest. You know, yes. it's like I liked it because yes. I could be inspired but resting at the same time. You yes. Know? I'm like, I'm not yeah. working, but yeah. I'm playing because it's I like the story. It's part of your brain. It is, you know, and I'm being inspired by their team's creativity. You know, yeah. So I actually love sci-fi and fantasy games. Mm. Like I mean, Final Fantasy. Like yeah, I was gonna I say like Final lo- Fantasy. I was huge is... Final Fantasy. And Final yeah. Fantasy Seven obviously was the one. You know, because that yeah. that was that came out on PS One. Yeah. The first Final Fantasy on PS One, right? And that and that was a game changer. Seven disc. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was a whole thing. You know. So I just remember I never I never played it until I was older, and 
I just love the commercials and like the aura around Final Fantasy. So and and yeah, and to that point, well, I think yeah. where they did a good job was that Final Fantasy was the first one that took kind of that mo- little bit more modern time, yeah. and added the fantasy part after, right? They, sure. That was the first time they actually flipped it because it yeah. was always very fantasy yeah. world, and then sometimes they have some modern elements to it, you know, yeah. like kind of steampunk esque stuff. But oh, yeah. it was very still very like fantasy. But yeah. seven flipped the script. It yeah. was like. Literally, almost post-apocalyptic, yeah. you know, cyber world, and then the These fantasy spacecraft, yeah, and then planets. swords and stuff. You yeah, know, it's like this dude's driving this ginormous bike and has like a giant sword. Like, yeah, okay, like why the fuck not? Yeah, like yeah. okay, well, this is different. You know yeah. what I mean? Instead of before, it was like he's riding a dragon with a horse, and yeah. then you know whatever, and then he has this thing that can shoot fire. It's like okay, like it's kind of a mix, you know. But seven changed the game, and like that's why I've always loved seven the most because they they figured out the space that nobody yeah. touched on, and I still think. And no what one's number really are they on, on now? Sixteen? Uh, yeah, seventeen. I, I don't know. I thought that was in the twenties now or something. Yeah, I don't. I, <laughs> um, so going off that, so merging video games, and then I'm, I was. I'd say bigger than video games. I was a big trading card game as a kid. Mm. So Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, mainly Yu-Gi-Oh. So like oh, I, I loved, loved Yu-Gi-Oh. I love collecting Pokemon and playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Because yeah. the game of Yu-Gi-Oh to me, and also the original Yu-Gi-Oh series, the five seasons, where it starts out with Yu-Gi and his grandfather's card yeah. shop, and goes all the way up to the Pharaoh going back into yeah. the 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 you know whatever the the, yeah. the, the yeah, plane yeah, yeah, they yeah. call it. Uh, it's on Hulu, by the way. I just rewatched I re-watched, it. I've, yeah. been, I've rewatched it actually. Yeah, <laughs> and I uh, it got me back into that. And so there's a massive, obviously. Just surge in Pokemon cards and any any all card yeah uh, TCG stuff right now will always yeah. and I but here's the thing it's like there are a couple different there's a bull and a bear thesis like there are in stocks for for card games right now and so with Pokemon it's like people forget that Pokemon's the highest grossing franchise of all time and Nintendo actually is responsible for all of the highest grossing franchises of all time yeah. and it's like Disney and Nintendo and then you have like Star Wars which is now Disney yeah. and then Star Trek which is kind of his own world right yeah. but um, I think we're in a bubble for Pokemon right now but I think you kind of realize like these are all limited assets and these card sets that are coming out now like a new one came out on Friday Shining Fates um, sold out in seconds like and the problem is is the like the 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 hallmark box for this set there's a lean trainer box 10 packs of cards you get your EVV max promo yep. card retails for 50 dollars you now have local game stores selling them for 80 or 90 because they know they can make that money and the prices are going on ebay is 140 150 160 which is which is sad because it's great for collectors great people that yeah, want but to but the kids what yeah. about the kids yeah what about the kid and that's yeah. and that's my thing is like i remember saving up all my money so every three weeks I, I had a dollar. At Walmart, man. yeah, exactly. I would buy these little starter packs or whatever, like these little jungle, yeah, fossil exactly. base set. I that's base I would, set two. I'd always just go to Walmart, Target, and just run straight to the end of the cashier aisle because yeah. that's where all the cards were. And I'll just sit there and be like, okay, what's out? You know yeah. what I mean? What's like, out? What can I afford? What can I get? Yeah, like yeah. I have. Three dollars and seventy five cents are in my hand yeah. right now. Like, can I get a pack? Maybe yeah. can I get maybe the starter pack over here? Sure. This kit, you know, yeah. like. Yeah, like that. To me, I feel like that—that's kind of a lost art, you know. It, it is, and and even now, but like the beautiful thing was when when you when Pokemon kind of had this surge again recently. Mm. I caught myself running into Walmart and doing the same thing because oh, yeah, totally. there was there was this period starting around October, where I walked into Walmart when I was home in Massachusetts when this kind of thing blew up. I was like, cool, like I have I have some money that I was gonna put in the market. Like, let's put it in Pokemon instead to see where this goes. Let's have some fun with this. So I walked to Walmart. I could buy whatever I wanted. That was all there. I went three weeks later. Oh, God. You can't find shit. 
Like I've talked to some people at Walmarts and, and Targets that have removed their Pokemon trading card sections because they literally cannot keep it in fast enough. And yeah. so now the trick is, if you're looking for Pokemon cards at Target, you go up to the customer service desk. It's limited to one per customer per yeah. set, which is I'm happy with because it stops people from, from scalping yeah. it. Um, another cool thing is one of the big, um, I hate that I'm about to use this word, but Pokemon influencers <laughs> in the world right now, um, he has his own online TCG store. And they have this program now where if you can prove to them that you're buying this for your kids, it's like parents and stuff like that, they will always save a certain percentage of their order at retail basically. at retail to that's sell great. to those kids, which I that's think is amazing. That's, that's, that's yeah. how it should go. That's how it really should go. Um, yeah. And so for me now, it's like I keep this under the radar, but I want to say it out loud in this podcast and now it's not under the radar, but um, I am deep into a journey of collecting bindering one of every Pokemon card ever made. Good. Um, and it's, that's it's a great, it's, that's a great journey. A great journey. It's going to take a very, very yeah, long course. time. But there's just, it's again, beautiful. That's, some, that's something you get to really, you know, yes. have you having a goal that you're hitting yes. after. And, great. and the nice thing about it, it's like, I think that this, this can't be the first reason or else you'll never do it. But it is going to be and is right now a excellent bear asset like if i was in a really bad place and i had to get some money for a medical expense like there will always be a market for people buying older especially pokemon cards oh, and rarer if it's, Char- if it's charizard get like it doesn't yeah. matter if it's the newest like the newest card that just came out the shining fates there's this like that's one thing i will say is that just like video game tech just like sneaker tech just like fashion the technology they're using now like some of these printing techniques they're using on these new cards is amazing. Oh, it's like yeah. silver and I don't know if you're holding the new like crazy cards, but like... They have like metal cards. I mean, it's just full on. It's like a credit card, basically. It is, it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so so the in the most recent set, Champion's Path, that came out in, I don't know, September, October last year, there was two Charizard cards in them and both were like, one was this like rainbow holographic that when light hit it, it was like, a, it's like thousands, millions of colors. And the other one was this just like traditional card and... You, you look at, I remember watching this video about how they were printing this thing and they're using these like magnetically charged dyes to like cut the cut the color and, and the Very texture. Cool. And so the reason why this new set is such a big deal that came out on Friday is that there's just 72 cards in the normal set. That's like the size of a traditional set. But there's a shadow shiny vault, as they call it, oh, which nice. has 120 cards in it. Um, and it's about one shiny card per four or five packs. So if you want to collect all 120, you're going to be times yeah four or five. You're going to be doing yeah. a lot. But the the hard thing is that like, I I luckily have a couple people I pre-order from and was able to secure like a hundred packs. Nice. But that was impo- nearly impossible to do. Yeah. And like I know some of the people, some of the people on YouTube that whole entire careers are opening packs Pokemon cards. They said they got they're lucky to get 200. Damn. Like that's how that's how the problem is COVID because they don't have it. And the problem is is that because there is a market just like sneakers. And this is what I start talking about is like, what bummed me out is that, you know, I lived in New York, I lived in Soho, I was in the same area as you are, you know, there is a lot of opportunities down there to buy sneakers on release day or products on release day, including apps and other things like that. But still, there were some times where it's like, I would have loved this sneaker, but couldn't get my hands on one if I tried. Yep. And I was like, I'm willing to spend X number of dollars over retail because like, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to sell these online. I want to wear them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think they're cool. Like I want to keep them in a case and like wear them. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that as long as there is this fascination with new sneakers that come out, there's also going to be the shadow 
Of course. Scalp it market. And and some would argue that it helps the overall, it helps the Nikes, it helps the kiss in the world because it, it basically artificially inflates the price. They're always going to be able to sell the product, right? To an extent, yes. it does. There's kind of, yeah, like a refueling to do that. But the problem, the problem with resale is that once it hits... Once it enters a resale world, yeah. that that money and that business now is untouched from the store yeah. that sold it and the brand that made it. Yeah, it becomes, which is too bad. Yeah, it becomes a, a money that's circling within the resale world only. Yeah. You know, so the only ones winning there are yeah. the resellers. Yeah. you know. And I promised myself I would never resell sneakers, uh, res- yeah, like enter into resale unless it was like something I bought. I genuinely just didn't think I would actually like. And then if it happens to be going for a good, a good rate, then yeah, totally. There's nothing wrong with, with reselling yeah. as an idea, no. but if you're doing it solely just to, to make, make money, money, you know, yeah, like it's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's to me, it's just generally disrespectful, obviously just to a yeah. culture, you know, and you know, there's just, there's more than enough ways to make money. Absolutely. Know? And, and, and at the end of the day, it said, it's like, it stops the kids that, can't afford barely can barely afford the retail price of these shoes. Yeah. Let alone, you know, the, totally. the crazy amounts. And so, and so my, my only story is that I managed to snag a pair of the OG when, when, when there's the first, like the off white 10, the original 10, the vapor maxes. Yep. I got a pair. I'm a 10 in Nike, which is like, unfortunately for me, like one of the most popular yeah, sizes totally. in Nike. And I would, I wore them on my part a few times. Like I like these shoes. They're nice, but I, I've I had many pairs of Vapor Maxes. I love that shoe, but like the way I walk around and move, like I get lucky to get two or three months out of them because I would just scrape out the bottom and then the thing would pop. Right. So for me, I was like, I can literally make a thousand dollars by selling these sneakers or yeah. I can wear them and get a couple good t- use out of them and hold on to them. And I just said, I was like, I'm just going to sell them. Yeah. And, that, and there's nothing yeah. wrong there. Honestly, no, it's just, no, and, and yeah. I don't, I don't beat myself. I'm not losing sleep over it, right? But, yeah. but I think is that going back to Pokemon, I think that until retailers start to innovate and say like, you know what, I'd love to see, I'd love to see like a Stadium Goods or even uh, uh, the the Nike store in Soho basically have a program where it's like, hey, you're you're a young kid, you want the new, uh, you know, whatever the next drop is. Um, We'll sell to you for retail, re- like retail value, if we know you're going to wear them. Yeah. Right. And so this, the way that TCG stores have been going around this is that this is brilliant. Is that there's a store somewhere in Japan, and I went viral. They did, but when their recent set, Shiny Star V, came out for Pokemon, which had crazy, crazy resale online, they said, "We're limited to one box per customer. You can buy it at the retail price, which no one else is selling, but we're going to crack this deal for you in the store. Yeah. And we're going to take the box, so That's you can great. walk out with your packs of cards, like." Are you really a collector? Do you really want these? Cool, yeah. then you won't care. Yeah. And so same thing with, with Nike, even if it was like, I don't know, some of the, one of the most hyped up new off-white releases in the world. If I had a kid that really wants to wear them, and I was like, I'll tell you for retail, but you have to wear them out in the store. And some You'd stores, very quickly yeah, figure some out. Some stores have done, started to do that where it's yeah. like, they'll let you buy it if you wear them out. You yes. Know? So, and, I, and, I, and I like that. Because it's not, it's not dead stock anymore. Yeah, it's, you can't just sell it straight out of the box anymore. Yeah. And know? also keeping the box. And that's, that's one yeah. thing where... I agree with you unless the box is special, like, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like how many orange Nike boxes people have in their closet somewhere. It's like, if, if I think it says it with this, it's like, you know, someone truly cares about the, the culture if they don't care about the, the prestige around the resale. Yeah. It's like you, it's just like, you just want to show them because You want to be able to see them and, and you want to wear them one day and, yeah. and have an occasion. But everyone else that has like the closets full of Nike boxes, it's like those are just investments. But nothing wrong with that. Like go go for it. But yeah. I I don't know. I, I think that 
there will always be a market for everything, right? There, there's, there's some, like some of the shoes, some, some still exist, I'm sure. Those shoes you wanted as a kid in dead stock form in some size somewhere. 100%. And someone is willing to pay upwards of a lot of money, house, house level money for some of these things. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, I mean, look, look at the original Charizard card in Pokemon, like the first edition PSA 10 Charizard. There's like 80 in the world that we know of. They now go for like three or four hundred thousand dollars. I mean that that magic card, the black lotus yeah, yeah. that sold. I mean, like millions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's crazy. But, we're, but one day the, these things will be there because yeah. that's the beautiful thing about Pokemon. People don't realize is like even the new sets, even sets that are four years old now. Pokemon Company printed a limited run. Yeah, they might each have time. There's always it's it's a continually it only gets, it only gets more and more. So it's yeah. like yeah, like any of these new releases, like yeah, there's. The, yeah. the value is only going, going to go up because yeah. each run is a, a very timed specific thing. Sure. Yeah. And so now the beautiful thing with Pokemon, because they don't, they don't do a first edition or it's, it's all the same edition now. So you can usually wait for the second printing, buy a couple boxes at retail, which is normally like 80, 90 bucks, which isn't terrible. And then if you hold, if you can, if you can manage to not want to open it for five to six years, you can make very solid money off yeah. that. Um, and the longer you keep it, the better off it is. So my question to you is, so grading companies have, exploded to grade trading cards to grade box video games blah, blah, blah. Yeah. so do you do you see a point when psa will be doing it for sneakers 100 percent. yeah 100 it makes sense i mean anything kind of yeah like all the memorabilia stuff right like that alone that's you know. sure like like think about it like this imagine someone had an og pair of um like like uh like the first yeezys yeah right and you could get them sealed inside of like a plexiglass box, the PSA tag, and then like these are pristine dead sock PSA 10. Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's like you could wear them or they, that's, that's a display piece. Yeah. Right. It's no different than anything. Trading card. Trading or, card, you know? Oh, yeah. you know, Michael Jordan signed or whatever. Like I could literally just take it out and put it in my own sleeve and not have it in an acrylic case. If you, know you want I mean? to. If you wanted to, right? Why like, would you? But why would you? Yeah. And so the, the beautiful thing about PSA is that they kind of, they, they, innovated this idea that let's 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 not only preserve these assets so when they put the cards in there they're hermetically sealing them they're pretty much protected from most things and the nice thing about them too is like it has a, it has a grade on it yeah um and that's mainly due to tampering but i think the beautiful thing would be the same thing with sneakers it's like just seal them inside a case like make sure they don't move and just like i can see in the future people show off their collections of just walls high of psa graded sneakers and oh, perfect plexiglass cases i do not doubt that they're that and i'm that sure some company's working on it yeah if not then you want to go to business we should probably start that probably yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably a billion dollar idea now that i think about it um we're gonna cut this part out i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> first we'll do it but like it's like anything in talking about this and and i think you and i talked this conversation a few years ago when we met which is that Ideas are easy, right? Like, I'm sure we're not the first people to think about, like, let's do grading for sneakers and collectibles. It's like doing it, execution, that's that's the impossible. I mean, let's talk, let's talk about stuff that's super relevant and buzzword right now, like Bitcoin. Like, yeah. How long has that been an idea? Oh, forever. Yeah. And then we're yeah. seeing NFTs take and off. NFTs as well, yeah. NBA so, Top Shot. So it's like... These were all ideas yeah. for a long time and executed ideas. Yes. Like they literally were executed yeah. and blah, 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 but nothing came of it for like years, yep. you know? But when certain things happen and blah, 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 contacts yeah. and time, like, you know, like it, it, things can change. So yeah. to that point, like, yeah, if you have an idea, do it great. And even if it doesn't fly immediately, like it doesn't yeah. matter because maybe it just wasn't the right timing. Yeah. You, know, you never know. And I, and, again, I, like, and I love this idea that the blockchain 
solves a lot of these problems for collectibles where it's like Pokemon company could release a limited edition card set on, on that's NFT based. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and for people that aren't aware, um, non fungible token, I think is the yep. NFT. So basically it's like blockchain verifiable collectible. It's like essentially what it is. So imagine the Pokemon company came out with a, a new set of cards or they re-released base set. Imagine they re-released base set digitally mm-hmm. and they were like, we're releasing a million packs of cards with 10, 10 cards each. Yep. There are, a hundred Charizards. Yeah. There are a thousand of those. The rest are just comments. And so if you have, if you were able to pull one of those Charizards, like you know that I have one of the hundred, it exists in the blockchain, but that forever would be like an asset people would crawl over other people's dead bodies for. Yeah, that honestly is probably the next part of kind of collectibles. Yeah, collectibles is these kind of digital digital collectibles. You well, know? I think also so. Um, a friend of mine, Alex Kim, he's one of the he's one of my one of my other mentors. Uh, he's at a company called Blue Byte in New York, and they back in 2014 or 13 started by saying, "What if we put NFC chips in physical items to verify their authenticity, to track supply chain and stuff like this?" And so now they're in a bunch of very high level streetwear brands where basically people can check authenticity in a second because it's, mm-hmm. they, they just tap their phone to it. And it's like we know this is real. Yeah. And so I think that we're getting to a point too where just say, uh, you know, Off-White makes a special edition shoe. There's a hundred made. It's incredibly elusive. And then you ha- you also get a matching NFT that exists in the blockchain of that shoe. Yeah. And so, like, not only do you now have the shoe, but you also have the, the, the intangible asset. And that, honestly, might be worth more than the actual shoe. Yeah, that's true. And so, I just love this. It, we're kind of in this play world where it's just, like, I love when people say things like, my, I talk to my dad about sneakers, you know, right? And he's so far out of the sneaker realm. Or even the... Pokemon trading card game realm. He's like, who's buying this stuff? I was like, it doesn't matter. As long as there's a market, yep. there will people always, there'll always be there's a buyer. A, yeah, it's less about who's buying that is that it's just that there's an economy for it. Yes. There's a system, there's a system in place. Yes. You know? Agreed. And it's, you know, churning within itself. Yeah. And it's self sustaining. It's a self sustaining, it's like a, it's like its own sun. So it's, it's yeah. a reactor. Mm-hmm. Right. Um one thing I talk about a lot that and this is kind of a um uh, a switch in topic is so I'm big into sustainability. Um, the shoes I'm wearing are from fight, which is a brand that's in New York and they, they pride themselves because the entire shoe, like you could basically either recycle or compose each part of the shoe. Right. And you're, you're you pay a heavy premium for that. And so I see kind of streetwear and sneakers at this point where no one's really kind of take it, to, like started to dive into the sustainability world of like, how can we make these biodegradable? How can we make these more recyclable? How can we do that? Do, do you see that? Well, brands have, but sure. it's just, you know, sustainability is such a, it's, uh, a it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's very complex because there are different ways to tackle sustainability. Um, you know, on a pre post assembly, you know, there's, yeah. there's so many levels to it. And uh, carbon footprint, yes. blah, blah, blah. So, even um, just shipping them from China is huge. Just shipping alone, correct. Yeah. yeah. So there's just there are so many things on sustainability that could be tackled that are being tackled. Yep. Um, but it's just about what, you know, what do you want to say? You know, because like every brand does it in their different kind of ways. Uh, um, and it can, can be done in many, many different kinds of ways. So, yep. you know, for example, like there's, there's, a, there's a good and bad of it, right? Yep. So a company can say... Oh, we created a product that is 100% "quote unquote" recyclable because you can send the shoes back and 
you know, we'll disassemble it and, and, and it, and it kind of goes back into the shoe that it was to be made in again. Yeah. Right? So technically it is a hundred percent recyclable. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, that's all good and well as sure. a, as, as a story and as an idea sure. and as a, a general sustainable concept, it's good. Yep. But then what's the measurable of, okay, so then what's all the energy it took to do that? Yes. Is that, does that outweigh yes. the energy to just make new shoes in general? Sure. You know what I mean? So, yeah. the, and, and some of it's apples to oranges and some yeah. of it's not. So it's just, again, there's so many yeah. factors and variables. For Absolutely. Footwear and, and everyone is doing sustainability and everyone's yeah. doing it different kinds of ways. Yeah. So. Um, and it's something, as you said, it, it, over time it will evolve and things that we look back at even 20 years ago are like, oh, God, we wouldn't do that now. Yeah, totally. You know? And so I think that I think the, the Elon Musk Tesla explanation makes sense. People are like, batteries are terrible. He's like, batteries are terrible. But yeah. in order for me to be able to iterate technology to get to a point where they're releasing the battery tech they just did this year, they had to raise billions of dollars mm-hmm. and, and show viability. Yeah. Right? And the same thing with shoes. Yeah. Right. It's like, I'm sure Nike, I, I'm sure it's not like Nike doesn't want to solve these problems. I like Adidas is like, yeah. Oh, fuck the planet. You know, they're like, we, we, because at the end of the day, most sustainable things, once they are the easier thing to do are cheaper and better for everyone involved. Yeah. Right. It's rarely like it's the harder thing to do. Yeah. Um, have you seen on running the company that, yes. that have you seen? They're like, they're doing the subscription running shoe. Yeah. That's like corn syrup based or something. It's like, and again, it's like, interesting. And yes, and there's and that and these are great feats that sure. people are doing. But again, it's like nothing is ever a hundred percent. No, you know, it's like and you make a good point. It's like how much energy did that shoe cost to produce, and how much energy are they using to ship that shoe back and forth to you every single month? Yeah, right. It's like because one could argue it's like in a year period producing twelve new shoes, even if it's recyclable and biodegradable, yeah. and also shipping that yeah. shoe to you. What are they using to ship? Is it a truck? Is it a yes. is it a you know is it a gas they're not, truck? They're not delivering it by bicycle. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to, like yeah, there's just there's so many variables yeah. to a whole product cycle that yeah. you know that again, a lot of people say certain yes. parts of the process and that's great and these are good, but then there's other parts of the process that are not being said. Yeah. You know, companies will be like, oh, uh, you know. Uh, you know, seventy-five percent of our factory, or whatever, is solar powered. Yeah. Great. That's yeah. like all the you did. Plane was, isn't. Yeah, you know, all you did was just put solar panels. So yeah. It's like that's good. Don't get me wrong, but is that something to fuss about? You know, yeah. it's like sustainability is really interesting because it's like you should do it and really not have to say it. Yes. You know, it should yes. be habitual. Yeah. Right. It should be a norm. Yes. But everyone's using it as marketing. Yes. When it shouldn't be. No, you're right. And it also, should just be something yeah. that's done. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. if somebody's asked, oh, what things are you doing that are sustainable? It's like, well, I can give you a whole list. Yeah. You know? But it's like I don't even talk about it because this is what should be done. Yes. You know, like yeah. sustainability should never even be a marketed thing. It should never yeah. even be even talked about. Even though it's like the most marketed concept exactly. of any modern totally. brand. Yeah. yeah. It's and, again, it's like I almost yeah. kind of see it as like, hey, guys, I didn't commit a crime. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. should you not? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why are you marketing that you didn't, you know, it's like, yeah, I'd say it's obviously, a, a, you know, a contrasting <laughs> that's, degree. That's a great analogy. But it's just like, you shouldn't have to celebrate something that you shouldn't be doing. Yes. And I, I, I think it's going to become a thing where, I think we're almost there, where most people, especially in gen, our generation, millennials, right? And then, and then Gen Z below us, um, like it's becoming, it's coming to a point where people won't really fuck with your brand unless that's like, that's a bare minimum thing. Yeah, right? of course. And, nowadays. Yeah. hundred percent transparency like and sure. all that. So it's like, yes, that, it, that should be bare minimum. Yes. But like what is the innovative side yes. of 
sustainable. But the point I was making is that, like, I think there are companies like Apple's a good example, right? They know their energy footprint is massive, yeah. right? Like, they're machining every – yeah, you get it. People get it. Um, but they are still very transparent about it, and they are trying. Yeah, and they course. are innovating, but they understand that like it's not going to happen overnight. We, we yeah. can't, we can't, we can't stop the earth to fix this. Yeah. And so, like, I guess the thing is, I'm not as I'm not as tuned in with the sneaker world. But have you seen the same exact thing from like the largest brands, like the Nikes, the Pumas, yeah, the Adidas? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Every brand is doing it, yeah. you know, and they're doing it their own kind of different ways. Sure. Uh, like I said, from every part of the cycle, everyone's touching upon it. Yeah. You know, obviously, we want to be in a perfect space where a hundred percent of the cycle is a hundred percent blah blah blah. But, but nothing's gonna, absolute. Yeah, but we're we're just we're nowhere near that. You know? No, like I believe flying cars will happen before that. You know, yeah. so it's just like or tunnels. Know, yeah, or, you know, yeah, hyperloops everywhere, right? So, yeah. but yeah, it's like again when you think about it, like, oh, that that that's gonna, you know, if you think about okay, when are we gonna start doing flying cars? You know, uh, theoretically in your head, you're probably thinking that we're a long way from there, because we have roads and da da da. Like, yeah. well, that's the same thing about sustainability footprint. Yeah, is that it's a great idea. Yeah. But we are a long way to go from there because we have all these other things. It's the same. It's just, it's literally the same thought processes. Yeah. You know, in that sense, because the process to make shoes. Yeah. And the process to building roads. You yes. know, it's, it's really similar. Yes. In that sense, that it's complicated and there's yeah. so many variables. Yeah. Like they've already had the machines in place. Like, so you want to rip it all out and put in something new? Like, yeah. It's just there's a lot. You know, there's again, there's every part of the process needs to get fixed, and it takes a long time. So just as no different than. Switching to flying cars. We, yeah. Just because somebody creates one flying car right now, does that mean that we're all going to start driving flying cars the next day? 100% yeah. not, right? There are so many things, new rules, new regulations, yeah. roads, blah, blah, all that, right? Copy and paste that as a complicated construct is issues. It's the same thing. Yeah, it makes total sense. I just It's something I talk about a lot with... Um, it's It's hard to... I don't know what the words I'm looking for for this, but like... I think people like to injustice collect or signal. They're like, oh, I don't wear Nike anymore because. Yeah, and this. these are all blanket statements. Yeah, it's like, a... but, but they bought their t shirt at Target, which exactly. is far, far worse because they're yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. you know, who 100%. knows? What... Yeah, and so I think the thing is, yeah. is like, you have to understand two things. It's like, if it exists in the modern world and it's mainstream, there's a good chance it's like, there might be some sketchy shit here and there but it's stuff that they're probably working on fixing. Yeah, right? I mean, I would definitely say, I mean, obviously there's good and bad to everything. So like, yeah, yeah in a commercial world, I would, I would generally say now most brands are getting to a place where it's not terrible, yeah. you know? It's yeah. not like, you know, we've, we're well past ethical stuff. You know? Yes. And we're definitely fixed all that. So that's good. You know, Hope, hopefully, yes. Hopefully, right? Yeah. So uh, ideally, I mean, I would say in a nutshell, at least that probably we're well past you know yep. the next step obviously is to like do better and you know and all that but like yeah like anything that's commercially made right now is is done through a obviously cost-effective analysis right now yeah. as well as a uh an early approach to yeah. to ethic ethical approaches and, and people forget that entire economies in the world exist based on the way things are done right now yes correct right yeah and so and so like that's the thing it's it's just like I remember someone asked Elon Musk about when he sees like uh, commercial shipping and freight companies like not being in the oceans anymore. He's like, there'll always be some variant of that. They'll probably go electric or they'll go some kind of new new age way that that's more less impactful to the planet. But like, there's no more efficient way to do it than that. 
Like, there's a reason there are ships in the air. There's a reason why there are trucks on the road. Like, people think planes are more efficient? Oh, fuck no. (laughs) Absolutely absolutely not. Like, trains are pretty great, but also, like, people don't realize that, you know, putting in a single mile of train track takes more effort and materials and fuel and resources than, like, flying a plane around the world a couple times, you know? So, and that's the thing is I I think people, people love, especially in the more Twitterverse people, right? Love to, like, Say I use this because of this and this and this, and people don't realize well, they hone like, in on one thing. You know and it's I mean? like, like it's it's so one schematic, hard. whatever. And yeah. it's just like, okay, you're right with that one particular point. Yes, but it, you know, it, yeah, you're, you're talking about one strand of a web. You yeah, know? Like, that that very small brand that happens to have this super ethically conscious vegan Cheerios that you feed to your two year old daughter, that also realizes like. There's a very small place making it that's very energy intensive, and because it's one place, they're shipping it to you in a single package. Yeah, and it's local, and it's like, whatever. Yeah, you know, it's like, like, and yeah, you can, you can sit in a point where oh, I only buy local, and that's okay too. You sure, know what I mean, there's nothing but, wrong with that. But you know? if you think that you know you live any even in California, even if you're getting fresh fruit, it probably wasn't grown in California. Oh, probably not. No, even at a farmer's stand, like might be. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> and and like again, there's also these general expectations that they want you know, X, Y, Z to be good at the same time. And yes. it's like, uh, well, if your state or your local area isn't the best environment yep. to grow yep. that, then they're not going to grow it. Right. And there's so, always gonna be a money thing. Like there, there will still be, you know, lobster tails being served in Singapore from Maine. Like well, it's, it's always going to be there. I mean, there's a business. Yes. You know, there's other businesses. As long as there's someone like, paying. Yeah. I mean, right. Again, there's d- levels of nuance and, and stuff. So it's just yes. like, in the end of the day, you know, I will, we'll just kind of come back to this. You get what you pay for. Yes. Um, so I, I, do, I do want to make sure we talk about uh, your brand, Frontier, yep. at, uh, for a bit. So I met you because you were on stage at some conference um, in 2017 spring or 2016 fall. I forget what it was. We, we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. But uh, you were on stage talking about I think it was around e-commerce and retail and like the future of things and stuff online. Yeah, it was like a entrepreneurial CEO conference yeah, yeah. basically. And, you know, people from different brands or whatever leadership yeah. conference uh, and everyone kind of gave their input on different, you know, yeah. like their aspects of their own industries, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I think I was on a panel for like, yeah, like e-com brands and like, yeah. you know, selling stuff or whatever. And yeah. uh, I just remember because Alex Kim from Blue Bite, the same guy I mentioned earlier, he was the one inviting me there. He's like, I have an extra ticket. It was still when I was like just at college figuring out what, what, what I'm going to do with my life. And he's like, come along. And that's so I met you. I think my original pitch to you is like, I'm going to take pictures of your shoes in international places. And looking back at it, I'm like, why did, it, why, why did I do that? Who knows why? It was, it was cool. But yeah. like, I, I, I remember it's like, I felt bad because like, I was thought my life was going in one one direction, and then I got all this product from you, and I did some things with it, and then my life like went into a loophole for a few years, and I was like, I still really haven't ever delivered John what I promised him two years ago. So <laughs> well, let's go do that. We'll we'll go be fine. And it's kind of the thing where it's just like, I think you know you're living a successful life of growth when like you look back at things you did three years ago, and you're like, oh god, like if I could just redo that now, like it'd be just look so much better, yeah. you know. Um, so how is your, like, I guess, I guess question, the first question to ask is what prompted you to start Frontier? Like, what was the uh, catalyst? It was just like a, it's a passion project, you know? It's yeah. like I've, you know, been in shoes for so long, you know, I've thought about, you know, if I were to do my own thing and you know, just sure. cultivated it. What would that look like? You know, yeah, what it looked like. And yep. it, 
probably wasn't until like maybe around the 10 year mark where I was like, okay, you know, like I've been thinking about what, what it is and it's just been like, you know, slowly growing, growing in my head. Yeah. Uh, and so I began to like, you know, kind of put it together and, and, and manifest it into something. And yeah, like 2015, basically I just pulled the trigger to, to make it happen basically. Yeah. And where does it sit now? Like what's the status? Uh, just on hold right now because of COVID. Yeah, so sure. Just kind of waiting for everything to kind of get back to normal, waiting for like buy seasons to kind of be back to normal with yep. stores and everything because obviously stores right now are, are hit the hardest. Yeah, retail. You know, yeah, retail in general. So, you know, I'm in a uh, very fortunate place that, you know, case was pays my bills and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah, yeah, sure. I, I didn't, you know, need to live off Frontier, right? Yeah. So I could hold off on it. I could yep. just not dip any more money into it, just let it sit for now until things normalize. So, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now. It's just like, I wanted to wait until the world gets back to normal Yep. and then bring it back in a, in a kind of pure space again, because I felt like if I was doing it during COVID time, I'd have to take a lot of sacrifices. Agreed. Yep. You know, I'd have to take the, I'd have to approach the brand differently. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. No. You know, I wanted to And you're small brand. enough where you have that power to be like, we're going to, we're going to pause. And yep, it's almost exactly. like a, a respected thing. It's like, Oh wow. They're doing, they're taking a pause. Yeah. So it's just like, obviously everyone, you know, knows that right now is not a good time no. to have a small brand. Yeah. You know, I, I, yes, I know. <laughs> very, very, very. Yeah. So I, like, I'm well, in a very fortunate space where I could just be like, you know what? Just going to hold for now. And, sure. And I'll bring it back when, when the time is right. Yeah. Sure. And I talk to a lot of people all the time that are building brands um, in all, all sides, especially in, we go to, let's talk about purely consumer goods, right? Um, what does success look like to you in front with, with Frontier? Frontier has always been a just a brand that can I present the stories in the way that I want them to be presented? Sure. Uh, not only in the way that it's presented, but like where. Yeah. Yes. You know. So I had a handful of like accounts that I wanted to be in. Right? Yes. And. But that's when you're successful, right? It's yeah. like it's it's the it's the, when people make products for other people, they yeah. usually don't do well or they get bought and they they, they type and get lucky, yeah. right? But the usually the best products, right? It's like let's just we talked about Ronnie enough. We'll use him again as an example. Like Ronnie Feek with Kith, like you can't tell me that if he loves every single thing he's made, and if he didn't, he wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, of course. And that's what makes it popular. Yeah, right. Totally. Um, so like yeah, yeah. In that sense, it's just again like I. It was a it was a passion project, you know, and, yeah. it's, and it's always continued that way. It's I, I, why I never like tried to go really, really big with it. Like yeah. I kept it super small. I had to say no to a lot of things that were like more cool. volume driven and yeah, all that sure. jazz. And I just didn't want that. You know, yeah. I wanted to keep it very, very niche and very, very like particular. Yeah. You know, and the only to do that, you had I had to do certain things. You know, yeah. and I held on to that as a as an idea, you know? So, yeah. And in that sense, like I was able to stay true to what my original intent was. You yeah. Know? And that's, to me, that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. And I wanted to tell that story that kind of way and sell it into the stores that I love. Uh, yeah. And, and respect. And you're mostly in before pre pandemic, like smaller market stores, right? All a bunch of like really boutique, lifestyle outdoor kind of accounts you yeah. know the ones that are like they sell a very kind of upper echelon yeah outdoor with lifestyle kind yeah. of together um you know 
I love REI, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And like, I almost sold IRA too, but it's like, I wanted something that was just slightly higher than that. Just a little bit more niche than REI. Yeah. You know? Yeah. REI is still great and, and I love it. No, you know? absolutely. And it's I'm, just, I wanted something a little bit more curated yeah. than, than REI. And, and I've learned that to me. So, you know, my first ever job in high school is EMS, which is oh, East yeah, Coast. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then, and yeah. then I went to REI my senior year. That's how I worked when I was going back for, for college. And then I ended up working for Arcteryx for a few years. And so Arcteryx to me was always like that brand. And so I always knew a good, my favorite was like, you find it in the Jackson Hole, the Aspen, like even some parts of LA, it's like this just highly curated mm-hmm. store with just like, that's where you'll find Frontier. Totally. It's like, I think the, now the brand that I use is the, the, the indicator of like, I love the ones that mix, the, it's like the people that want to find their daily stuff and their stuff for the weekends for like exploring. Because like, I feel like with your shoes and Frontier, it's like, I would rock those on the sidewalks, which I want to rock them in the mountains. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's what I love. And I think Valence, which is, you know, obviously. Yeah. The, Valence, I would that, definitely say. As I'm wearing Valence yeah, top and bottom. Yeah. As a category, that was yeah. a really great category. You yes. know what I mean? And like, again, they, they took their stuff and brought a different taste yeah. level, niche level to their stuff. You know, yeah. it's like, so I, I basically wanted to make a brand that did that with a certain kind of voice. Sure. You know? And, you know, ironically, my biggest market was in Japan, of course. Yes, of course. And so the, the Japanese market's really huge into outdoor. Yeah. And they, they are, so, it's so big that they have their subcategories. Yes. Very defined. Yeah. You know, so um, a distributor, a Japanese distributor picked me up and they, they sold Patagonia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sold Wild Things. They sold all these, like, yeah, amazing, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, outdoor brands for Japan. Yeah, you know? Snow Peak is huge uh, there. Keen, yeah, yeah Keen. exactly. So it's just they sold all of that in those kinds of tiering. So yep. um, uh, I, I sold really well in Japan and had yeah. like you know an ongoing um, market there. Yeah. And that was that was my biggest market by far. Um, and they sold to all these like niche little lifestyle Smart. outdoor yeah, stores. Yeah, when I was in, in when I was in Tokyo and Hokkaido and all those places, I I went to some of those stores and they're amazing. Yeah, you'll find just um, like the best, the best stuff, the best stuff that you would never ever find over here. And, yeah, and also I learned it's like I wear because I used to, I used to get a really good discount on Valence. So I have a lot of Valence and stuff lasts forever, right? You can, I mean, I mean, it's pants are five six years old and they still look brand new. Um, in New York, even in New York, like. Unless I was walking into the Arcteric store, like people don't know what it is. Yeah. But in Japan, people will be like, Valence, Valence, yeah. Valence. Like yeah. they know they're, I mean, they you got to respect Japanese yeah. culture, right? They know, they know what they like. They you do. Know? And, and again, there's the whole Nakameguro area, yeah. like is huge into outdoors specifically, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, like I, Osaka is yeah. really big into that kind of outdoor, you know, the whole like, uh, Fuji camping and all that. Yes. That's like a whole thing. Um, Fuji Fest, you know, so yep. I, you know, like, again, that was like, that was my number one market. And, yeah, I can, know, it makes sense. Uh, being in like Go Out Mag and all yes. that, like, I, I was just, again, these, these are things that I loved already. Yes. You know, I loved going to the Narita airport and picking up Go Out yeah. Mag, making sure that I always, you know, had the stuff and the fact that I could get the brand featured into there yeah. and like sold into these stores. Again, that was dream come true to me yeah. because that's stuff that you're going to frame and put on. Your I love yeah. this kind of shit. You know, yeah. it's like, that's, this is just the stuff that I lived and breathed. And, yeah. and that's what I turned frontier into. You know? And the beautiful thing about taking this break is like, you're going to come back. People will be like, it's back. Yeah. You know? I mean, I get random messages so much now. People being like, <laughs> what's happening with frontier? Cause I just stopped. Yeah. Like I, I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. Interesting. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting. no message. Yeah. I just, the Instagram just, like just ends like there's, you know, it just looks like it just stopped. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask you about that. I was like, but now it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I just, I want to keep it sort of ambiguous because that's the idea is that it's yeah. just, 
It has his aura around it, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. So people are all keep asking me, it's like, wait, is it still going? But but like, here's the thing, it's like I'm like it could. Spun? It could. And it then could, when you could not, I don't know. Yeah. But you know, like I said, it's just I'm gonna bring it back when the time feels right. Yeah. You know, like when I'm, you drop fall winter twenty twenty two, it's or whatever you in a year from now, you whatever two years you ever decide to do, it's like gonna be oh boy, let's go. Yeah, if the best way I can just say it is that when I do bring it back, I'm gonna bring it back with a specific purpose. Yes. You know, there's gonna be things that obviously I might change from before. Yep. Knowing how the climate has changed, you know, yep. pun intended. So, <laughs> you know, like there's a lot that I want to bring to that table knowing that when I do bring it back, it will have a specific um, edge to it and an angle, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I'll just do it one for one as it was before, you yeah. know? Um, because so much has changed, you know, yeah, like it has. across the board. So I would like for the brand to have evolved. have had that kind of evolution with it. Yeah. And, and some of my favorite Nikes in the past few years that have come out are all like, I think the ACG line is one of the most underrated oh, Nike, always. Nike yeah. lines. Always, by yeah. far. And the funny thing is, is that is that in America, like sometimes you can find it at like a Journeys because like it just yeah, doesn't totally. sell. But if you go to Japan, you cannot find it if if you paid someone to help yeah, you find it. Because they know, they know, they, they that get that's it. The good yeah. Stuff. yeah. My favorite, one of my favorite shoes. It was um, oh boy, um, I bought them in college. They were like 150 bucks. They were these winter boots made from Nike ACG and they had leather on the outside. It was like uh, this nice cream kind of cashmere leather color with this hyper green and blue. And they had a liner that came out inside of them. That was like a sock nice. liner. I remember it was called, it had some intense name, but I saw them, they were on Uncrate. I was like, I saw them on Uncrate and I was like, I want these. I liked Uncrate. Yeah. That was a good blog. It's it's still there. It's still going? It's still going. For them. But the problem is, is that, so I was on Uncrate since beginning of college, like 2012, mm. 2013. And nowadays you go on there and they have their own store. So they, they mon everything's monetized. It's turned right? in more e-com than anything else. Yeah. So the problem is, is like I'd say a th good solid third of the things they feature is stuff they sell in their own store, which is kind of exhausting. Yeah. Um, convenient. Well, just half of it, I mean, it's just, it's just becoming more of a editorial to marketing. Step, sure. Yeah. And then you can tell there's, they're doing way more paid plays than they used to. Yeah. So, and that's probably why I just kind of ended up not following them as much before. Yeah. Because before it just used to be a place where you could find cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. And a couple of friends and myself have thought about, um, remaking on crate, but, but keeping it like we are never going to take paid placement. Yeah. And that's so hard to grow that way. And so hard to, to oh, like, of course. But the thing is, is that this is this is the old school, right? It's like if you can do it right and you become a tastemaker, then it doesn't matter. You don't have to monetize the site because you're already that, that's what it is. Yeah. You, know, you can you can drive trend, right? But at some point in time, people realize. I'm sure the, the people that started it, I think they're still anonymous. Um, well, a lot of it had to do I mean, again. We, there's so many things we don't know but that sure. happens behind. But also, stores, like, like maybe they got bought out. Maybe yeah, they, maybe, they maybe you know new investors, whatever. So then they had to turn ROI. You, you can never mean? fault someone for taking gains. Yeah. Right. Like maybe the original owners, yeah, like got a nice little cutout. Yeah. You know, I, we don't know. So I just know that it doesn't feel like what it was. Yeah. You know, and I just don't follow it as much. Obviously, sure. you know? I, I check it every once. But I'm like, when I'm looking for a good gift idea. Like sometimes yeah, I'll hop on there and scroll that's not around. Bad. No, that's, yeah. that's a good that's a good way to think about it. Yeah, but yeah. the problem is is that they used to do a really good balance of like, here are some things everyone can afford, that's sixty percent. The next thirty percent were like, here are some things that are like these are the things you save up for, these are the things that like yeah. you know not everyone can get. Um like a new Arcteric shell would come out. Like and then they're 
They're like ten percent was like the here's a fifty thousand dollar watch with a diamond in the face, and here's an eight million dollar yacht. Just like the cool stuff that's like, oh, this is really cool to look at. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who knows whether to afford it, but it's cool. Nowadays, I feel like it's more half and half. I'm just yeah. like this stuff where it's like. I'm sure there are billionaires looking at that blog that just like just press add to cart and just say fuck it, have a nice and day. And I get it. And then uh, to be honest, they're they're probably making more money than they used to. And there's no there's yeah. You know, I can't blame them for that. But like well, me personally, as sure. a product enthusiast, you know, and like yeah. I just I'm not gonna go to that site right now, unfortunately, to you know look for new and innovative product that's just inspiring to me. No, but also if you were able to get Frontier on there, then. You might, that might, that might, that's different. Yeah, you know, that's sure. more of an e-com kind of thing. You know, Absolutely. Like, and, and again, I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm lucky to be in a space where I don't really pay for, you know, you PR seem to know enough I, people. And, and it, well, it, it's just also, I just, I don't, it promotes itself, right? Yeah. I just want to make the brand as is like, it's just, if, if people do hear about it, you yeah. know, then they do. And if yeah. they don't, then they don't like it's, I, I'm not living off it. No. Again, you know what I mean? Like, I do well, it. Well, not yet. It could be. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. And if it does, great. Maybe one day. I don't know. Yeah. I just, again, I just, I wanted to make a, the brand how I wanted to make it. You know? You're doing it. It's, it's nice to, I think my, my dad, who's an architect, he always said, like, making something with your hands and then just seeing it, seeing, seeing other people use something you made yeah. or designed is pretty powerful. And to know that it got there without, yeah, like paid placement. Or yeah, and all that jazz. Or yeah, like Walmart they, did it. Yeah, they did it because they liked it. Yes, and that was and and you did it because you liked it. Yeah, you know, so you and that person are now on the same page. Yeah, you know, and that's why when I find brands I like that, especially that are led by single designers or, or, or teams of designers that stay the same, it's just like, I think I think Apple's a pretty easy example, but it's true. It's like if Apple comes with a new product, there's a good chance I'm going to like it. Yeah. Right. And then like Valence is another great example. It's like, uh, uh, I forget. I'm um, Taka. Um, if like I, his style and mine just line so well, like there's a good chance if you have a new piece, it's like, I'll probably like it. Yeah. yeah you know, or yeah. something I, I love, you get this. It's like some of your favorite designers come up with a new, a new something. And I love that moment. Sometimes you're just like, this is so brilliant. Like I wish I thought of this or like, I just, I'm so glad they happened to make this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I, I think there's just so much out there. It's so many people are into different things. That's we're at a beautiful place in kind of creation history where it's like people are just making stuff. And you know, that is probably where the modern times of today is that we can do it and then just, it can live like, yeah, because of social media and all that. Like, yeah, it allows, It'll live forever. Yeah. People, people can come across it. You know, yeah. like before you needed to be like discovered, you know, yes. and like then sold at a store, a newspaper, or, yeah. magazine or like, and, I, and all that's yeah. done through like a, you know, yeah, you have to like bit published and all that, you know, it's like, now it's like, no, I literally just post on social media, my the social, own, it's, social commerce what they yeah, call it on now. its own social, yeah. you know, like, and it, it, it can, you know, yeah. live on its own. The number know? of, the number of multi-million dollar brands that were minted last year on Instagram alone where they didn't even have a, they didn't have an online store. You could only buy things on Instagram yeah, yeah, and yeah. then people made and, and then launched entire brands. And so it kind of brings back to this thing where it's just like the, it's the Tesla idea Right? Tesla still is the days announcement a single dollar on marketing, yeah. which I think is beautiful, but also makes sense. Like the, it's, it's in their ethos of what they're doing. It's like, they don't need to yeah. like, you know what it is. You yeah. don't have to. And, the, and because of that, they don't wait for someone to tell them about it. They just, they are always checking for the next thing. Yeah. 
right? I think there's something beautiful about that. I think that's 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 the good thing. It's like I know friends that have launched ETC brands with shit products because they spend a ton of money in marketing because they have the money to spend, and they'll always sell product because they're always and marketing. That, and that's does nothing wrong. With nothing wrong it, with know? that. I just can't do a brand like that. No, and I I, I I can't I either. Hold, no, I hold. Frontier too close to my heart. Dude. Yes, you know? and same thing is I'm I'm working on a DTC brand right now. Um, that's been like it's in the back of my head for a long time, and I was just during COVID, I was like, let's let's see, let's let's try to do this, right? And I'm not going to launch till post COVID, but um, it's it's a lot of fun. That's part one, and then part two is that it's just like there's I I learned all the things I don't want to do, right? It's like I could my friends are like oh yeah if you if you can get ten grand up in a pay like proper placement paid ads it's like yeah i could make money but something i want yeah right i'd rather sell a hundred units because it was featured by someone i know that that has a lot of tastemakers that follow them than like sell ten thousand on facebook by paying facebook you know, a couple grand yeah, 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 yeah for censoring who had some kind of speech or doing one but yeah. um well cool um on that i think i'm going to um get you out of here on some rapid fire questions. And these are questions that you can answer in as many or little words as you want. Okay. Okay. So the first one is, uh, funnily enough, if you had a billion dollars that you couldn't spend on yourself, what problem would you try to solve? Um, I'd probably just clear out any self debt and family. family that you debt. couldn't spend on yourself. I couldn't spend on myself. Yes. Uh, um, Yeah, I think we kind of come back to the idea of sustainability and figuring out yeah. the next step in innovation into sustainability. You you could do a lot with a billion dollars in that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you couldn't do everything, but you could, could solve. Everything. But the idea is that you could solve one thing that's one a key leg component. One leg of a, yeah, yeah, correct, yeah. And that's the one thing people don't realize is like, when you start solving problems, especially in sustainability, if you look at the whole picture, you get depressed really quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah very, very quick. But if you're just like, I'm going to solve this one little yeah, thing. Yeah, be hyper-focused and yes. fix the one thing. And then yeah. and then that'll inspire the people to fix the other little things, and eventually exactly. you'll find that everything's fixed. And a domino effect. Yes. You know. um, is there a story that your family parents could tell about you? Um, probably, <laughs> it's kind of a long one, but... Uh, That's fine. Uh, but, yeah, like there's one story like my so I grew up being able to draw. I'm, yep. I'm, you know, um, I was always I actually always kind of thought I'd be a cartoonist basically. But uh, so you know, my parents always knew that I could really I could draw really well. Yep. And my mom, uh, you know, they, they're traditional Asian parents, so they didn't really know about you know this kind of stuff. You know? Yeah. So there's this funny story where so my mom used to always have to drop me off at art comp art competitions basically. Yeah. Um, and she would just wait in the parking lot until I came back out. You <laughs> yeah. Know? And it was always this thing where, like, I would just go in, you know, 20, 30 minutes later, come back out. And my mom's still in the parking lot just waiting. And she would just be like, did you win again? And I'm like, yep. And then take me home. And that was it. Like, it wasn't a, like, it wasn't anything. Like, wow. it was just like my mom literally went to drop me off, go win an art competition, come back, you know, yeah. not realizing it was, it was, a, it was a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But my mom just thought it was just something I just, you know, one like like I was going to go play with kids or something. You know, what, like what was this? Like, give me example. Like, what was an art comp competition? Like, what what is that? so? I every time school uh, would would basically submit sure. like a, my work, work basically, yeah, yeah. and there's always some kind of theme or something. Sure. Yeah. Um, like you and know, it gets voted on by judges. It gets day. voted by yeah, judges, yeah, sure, whatever, okay. and, you, and you get like sense. you know first, second, or third, whatever. And a lot right? of other parents are in there, like socializing other parents and yeah, showing off the kids' work. There's a presentation, presentation thing, you know. There's a stage, you know, yeah, like yeah. 
and my mom's not with me, you know, yeah, yeah, my mom's actually in the car because she doesn't even know that like you're supposed to go inside and like clap and all this kind of stuff, you know, who cares? Like, and again, like, I, I, you know, it actually kind of makes me wonder that, like, why didn't anyone ask where my parents were, (laughs) you know, like I would just give the presentation and then I would just stand there and be like, okay, like, you know, thank you first, you win first prize. Like, and I like, okay, cool. And I would, I would get my piece and the ribbon, whatever. And I would just come home, come back to the car. And my mom's like, do you win again? Like, yep. Okay. We'll go home. (laughs) Like, did you ever ask your parent, mom, be like, mom, you want to come in? You want to join? You know, it, it never dawned on me because really? it was just my mom was just like, oh, I'll just wait here. Like, just, you know, have fun. go have fun. Like, I, I think my mom might have just thought, like, I just needed it was like something you needed to do. Just something I needed yeah. to do, like a sure. like homework almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I need to go do this. Yeah, it's compulsory, right? Yeah. It's like, exactly. oh, it's like, OK. It's a natural thing do to thing. do, you yeah. know, or like it's part of school, you know, not like realizing. Waiting for the kid to go to gymnastics practice. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll wait in the car. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But not realizing it's not practice. It's actually yeah. the game. This, this, is, this is this is the final end of the game. This yeah, is the final stage. playoffs. It's yes. the final. Yes. And you get the trophy. And there's a prize. And Yeah, and there's a prize. Yes. But my mom's not in any of it, you know, and she's just literally waiting in the car. <laughs> so did they eventually catch on as you got older into your, like, design aspirations and artistic abilities? And- they didn't really, like, get it until, like, honestly... I had a job. Really? Yeah. See, when you got to school, when school, were they like, why are you going to design? Yeah, actually, uh, um, my dad actually gave me an ultimatum. Um, if I didn't get into this program, this yeah. design program, which UT uh, Austin Design Department is famous. So yeah, so yeah. like you, you had to wait a year basically to apply. Yeah. So you had to take your studio classes and all that. Yeah. And then see if you're eligible. Yeah. See, uh, get classify as an as an art major first. Yep. Then this three year program technically. Uh, you know, you, you have to get let in, you know? Mm-hmm. So my dad was yeah. like, well, if you don't get in, then you can't, can't stay. You can't stay at Austin. You can't yeah. do design. Da, da. So I, I was like, fuck, I really have to do that. And by yeah. the way, they only let in like 20 kids yeah. and there's like, like 2000, two, there's 2000 employees. 1%? Yeah. yeah. There's 2000, 2000 applicants. Yeah. 1%. Know? So, and most of the kids that were in there, like our third, fourth, you know, you're like tries because yes. they didn't get in the first couple. Tries. They kept trying and trying, kept trying, and trying, right? Because so, the design program is really small, but it's also really good. You know, so it's like yeah. I had a lot of pressure because I was like, uh, I really, I have one chance, basically. But you got it, and I did get it. It was a, you know, huge celebration for me. Like sure. when I saw that, you know, minutes later, less about whether I got in. It was more about yeah. that I don't have to go back to Houston. You know, like yeah. and do whatever my parents were going to tell me to do. You did know? you like Austin? I like the city. Yeah. And it's changed over Blowing the years. Blowing up now. Yeah, it's it's quite... Quite different. Quite different when yeah. I was there in 03, you know yeah. what I mean? So um, so you, you, were th- you were there when Durant was there. Oh, yeah. yeah. When he walked around. Yeah. And Vince Young. And Vince Young. Fuck. Rose Bowl when he jumped over yeah, that yeah, dude yeah. on the cover. I forgot that was that year, yeah, yeah. That was, a, that, was, that was my junior year. Great time to be at Texas. Yep. Uh, Kevin Durant and uh, Vince Young, yep. Yeah. yeah, I remember walking around. Don't you forget he's a Longhorn? People, people forget. Yeah, that. like Kevin Durant was just like walking around. He was like in one yeah. of my sociology classes. Yeah. Like giant, still giant. giant to me. Yeah, yeah. Lanky ass. Yeah, giant. seven feet tall. But just yeah. mad chill. Just super like, nice guy. Super nice. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Eric's actually pretty smart too. Yeah. Um, my my favorite photo, just weird aside, my favorite photo of Kevin Durant is three years ago at the Super Bowl. He got himself a media pass, and he just he was like on the sideline the entire game, he just, just walked, take, taking photos. That's so he goes, awesome. Yeah, that's he tight. The big lenses, and he was like in the group and someone put it out it was like that's kevin durant just, giant, just that's shooting the shit with sports photographers that's super <laughs> why tight. not right if you're kevin durant you can do whatever the fuck you want yeah that's amazing if, if, if like it'd be like you know 
if he's like, hey, can I have a media badge? He's like, sure. Do you, we can give you tickets. You, you can sit in the booth if you want. He's like, no, it like, feels great. This is fun. You know, he's a player, right? Yeah. So, and he's a player at heart. I was really hoping that like someone would have like a, a missed tackle and kind of fly out of bounds and like land in the pile of photographers. And, like, <laughs> you'd see Kevin Durant helping him up and they'd be like, oh, hey, man. It's like a fist bump on the yeah, sidelines. Yeah, that'd be awesome, cool. right? Um, uh, last question is um, if you could send a single push notification to everyone's phone in a given area, what would it say and where would it be? And this is the question that stumps most people, but I think it's because it, it's a lot of power. <laughs> it is. I don't know. I feel like I just want to do something random and funny. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think I'd do it in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> and I would do something like, I don't know, raise up your hands and give energy for the spirit bomb or something. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I nice little Goku reference, you know. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> Just be like, oh, I'm giving, giving spirit bomb energy. You know? Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I think my favorite moment in Dragon Ball Z TV. I don't know what episode or what season's in. I just like I always rewatch it each once in a while. Is the is the scene when, um, I think it's Goku and he he's about to enter competition. And he like takes off these like hundred pound gloves and shoes he's been wearing in this like massive oh, vest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, just yeah. like, wow, I'm so light. He's like jumping into the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that. Uh, and he had the turtle shell too. That yeah, thing was, like, yeah, super yeah. Heavy. Yeah. I think I think that we're gonna see this resurgence of like my friends were like, how long do you think you guys are gonna stay on Hulu for? I was like, I think it's here to stay. Like, like the, it's probably getting extra high restreams yeah, right now. For like, sure. Yeah. And they're probably going to have a new season. I mean, like, yeah. yeah, like, and that's the thing is like, so I learned there are two kinds of people during COVID that watch TV. People that are like, I'm going to watch every Netflix series they've made all 6,846 of them, whatever yeah. it is. Um, or I'm going to rewatch the stuff I used to love. And that's me. I'm, that's me. I'm a nostalgia yeah. kind of guy. So Where's I just, the Pokemon, Pokemon 2000 I rewatched recently. Yep. I'm, I'm like, I'm actually trying to figure out how to watch all the new ones right now. Like all the XY. And oh yeah. The yeah. new Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Um, no, the Pokemon. Oh, Pokemon XY. Yeah. 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 So, sorry. I was, I was thinking, um, what's the, it's 5D. Yu-Gi-Oh! 5D and then Pokemon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, bravo for them to keep it going. So, but yeah. I, I still love the OG one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think there would be, I've heard this before, but there would be significant IP and interest. If someone, if someone said, we're going to charge you 30 bucks a month, like definitely in the premium end of streaming. And they said, you would be able to watch, you could be able to watch the first episode of Yu-Gi-Oh all the way up into the most recent one that ever came out in order, including movies like Pokemon. I imagine someone said 30 bucks a month. You can watch every episode of Pokemon, including breaks for the movies for the past 20 years. The show is still going. Oh yeah. Um, that would be amazing. I'd pay for that. I mean, I'm surprised Nintendo doesn't do that. You know, like some honest. kind of streaming service. Yeah. You know what? They it's just don't like, have enough content, you know, like, yeah, it, you know, they yeah. obviously they have a few of them with you know some of the ones, but it's like if well, Pokemon is like the prize possession. Yeah, right? but if think about it, if Mario had its own kind of show, yeah, Zelda had a show, yeah. uh, Metroid had a show, yeah. like, and then each one of those got highlighted those different the days, you know, yeah. a season. Then oh, yeah. then Nintendo could easily come out with something, you know, like that yeah. would rival Disney or whatever, you know, like they could, but they're just not they're not at that point yet. An interesting know? idea is that they do make that. I, I do see Nintendo. I would love for them to have like a Android iOS app that was an emulator for older games oh, that you could play. And that was subscription based. So you yeah. like, you pay 10 bucks a month, but I'm saying like that would be also a good medium to say it's our old games and all of our old shows. 
Yeah. So like I could slip between watching old old Pokemon and Snap Super Smash Bros. Melee. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. Would, I would pay a lot of money I for don't that. Know if, I don't know. I don't know if Nintendo they had to have, but back in the day, who knows with weird licensing? But uh, you remember yeah. that show Captain N? Yeah. Uh, that was that was an ill ill show, and that was like yeah. that's like super crossovers. You yeah, know, it's yeah, like for sure. So again, like I I don't know if Nintendo really owned it. You know, they may have sure they might have licensed it out or destroyed it, whatever. It all, but that was on Toonami, wasn't it? No, no, no. It was just like on some random you know kids show like Fox or something. Like, okay, yeah. Way back in the day, it was like it. Saturday morning cartoons situation. Okay, you know? no, no, yeah. So I I think this I'm, is like old old. I think old. I remember seeing some reruns of it on Toonami like one night oh, late. Could have, yeah, yeah, they probably were late when it was like nine thirty. Comes on it's like Toonami, just like oh, I'm at my best yeah, nine. Yeah, I mean Captain M was amazing. You know, it's like yeah. it's like the very early nineties approach of like this kid, he gets sucked into the Nintendo yeah. and then it's like the world of Nintendo and he, yeah. but, you know, he has to like do adventures with Mario and link and Metro and all these now guys. I'm like, this, yeah. And he had like literally like the controller as his like utility belt and he had the zapper and his gun. Like it was an amazing show and like they could easily do that show, you know, now, you know, it would sure. just be brilliant, you know, like ready player one is kind of that, you know, yeah, they, they yeah, definitely yeah. took a little bit of that, and made obviously the move that movie or whatever. I think the movie's well done. I think the movie's quite well done, actually. You know, and, and if you're you know like a super nerd like myself, yeah, you know, me too. Um, I'm raising yeah, hands. like I framed, you know, the end scene where everyone's like you know rallying together, yeah. and just the amount of uh, franchises that they touch upon is really yeah. amazing. I mean, I, yeah. I I caught a spawn in there, yeah. like Sonic was there, like just so many different yeah. and on some like super B side ones too, actually, yeah. you know, get like games from Atari, uh, like, uh, ColecoVision. Yeah. Like, well, it's like, I want to know like how much money they spent on, 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 on licensing to that alone. Yeah. They probably blew most of their budget. Sure. Because I don't think the money the movie made crazy amount of money. Yeah. Like it did good. Like it, it did. it'll be a movie that'll be remembered. And I think it's one that's just like it's not gonna be remade again. They are making a sequel. Well, I'm saying like the like the original Ready Player One. Movie. Oh yeah, there's no way. Like they probably got away with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Just because, and then you know now that it happened the first time, yeah. Knowing that they're like, well, can we use you know yeah. your other IP or whatever? They're gonna be like, ah, no, no, it's we're gonna need a bigger paycheck. You know. Sure. Um, are you excited for Dune? Oh, super, super excited. Yeah. I mean, Villanueva is, is, yeah. he is an amazing yeah. director. Like, I, I loved what he did with Blade yeah. Runner. Um, and again, he is actually a, 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 like a 100% example of a fanboy, super fanboy. Yeah, uh, let, let the making, fanboys do it. Making yeah. something for a fanboy, right? Sure. Like, you know, I'll be on the record to say this, that like Ryan Johnson and Zack Snyder are not fanboys of, of either of their franchises. Yeah. That Zack Snyder does not do, did not, Clearly did not do a no. good job with DC, and Ryan Johnson clearly doesn't give a shit about Star Wars. So because yeah. of that, that, guess what happened? That Star Wars hurt me. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, I can go. I can go through a whole <laughs> podcast with you on why Ryan Johnson did not do a good job with that. It kind of killed his career too. I, I mean, I I, I hate I hate to put ill will onto no, no, somebody, no, sure. but he deserves it because of the yeah. way he handled it. Zack Snyder too. Also, DC has to get their shit together. Like I, I, like the amount of Batman's that have been in the past twenty years. There's nothing wrong with rebooting sure. it in sure. your own kind of way. Like Nolan doing his version, that's fine. There's yes. nothing wrong with it. You know, the the Kevin uh, Feig approach of like yeah. the ten year thing that there's that works obviously clearly yeah. works. Um, but but you there's not you don't have to do it. No, but you know but you have to admit like. Marvel having a collective consensus like that so killed it. That that definitely helped oh, their yeah. story to do the Avengers. You sure. can't do Justice League no, 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 no. without having built in, built up all yeah. your other guys. You know, yeah. it's like 
you know, and that was the problem about the whole thing is that they didn't connect it, number yes. one. And then number two, honestly, the one – and this is just me personally, right? Sure, yeah. The, I believe the one reason why DC movies are not it, and obviously it doesn't include uh, Aquaman because clearly did well and, and Wonder yeah. Woman, right, is that – and primarily had to do with Zack Snyder because guess yeah. what? He didn't touch those – is that Zack Snyder changed the core yeah. of the characters. Yes. Right? Yeah. In the end of the day, like these are there, there are thousands of books written about these. Yes, characters. and there's Don't a reason why yeah. the these are the most iconic characters of all time is because yeah. the core of the character exists. Yeah, and Zach changed the core of each of the two most iconic characters. Yes. in all of comic book history. Yeah, over all comic books. You're talking like, about Superman and Batman. Correct. Yeah, right. In the end of the day. We know it to be is this is that uh, Superman is the Boy Scout. Yes, he's an alien that is a perfect human, yes. right? And this he tries to be the perfect human. Yeah. Clark Kent is his perfect yeah. human, right? Soft spoken, doesn't tr you know ruffle the feathers of a, uh, the Superman persona, the character. He's trying to be human the whole time. Yes, right. He doesn't kill. He doesn't do any of that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't let. Emotion get to him. He is yeah. a Boy Scout. He is, Zack Snyder again, has made like Dark he, Superman. He made Dark Superman. He yeah. made this emotional like Batman vs Superman is a uh, yeah. You, like he changed it. Like he changed the characters. You can't, he's not Superman anymore. Although the one know? thing I will say about that movie is, um, I think that Jesse Eisenberg is a fantastic Lex Luthor. I, I liked I liked his take. I'm yeah. I'm I'm not. And again, yeah, he kept that character of Lex Luthor, the court that he is a, that was, that was Lex. a genius. That was Lex, he is yeah. a genius level psychopath. Like psychopath yes. that knows how to manipulate people. Yeah. Okay, so that's Lex Luthor's core. Oh, he didn't change that. So no. guess what? It actually kind of yeah. worked. You but then know changing I mean? Batman and Superman was strange. Then he changed Batman too. Batman's supposed to be yeah. the anti-hero. He's yes. the dark vigilante, but yes. he's the vigilante that doesn't cross the line. Yes. He's the guy that says, yes. I'm going to basically be a villain, yes. but until like that line is not crossed. In the same movie, they made Superman not human and Batman cross the line. Correct. Like In the same scene. In the same scene. In, in the, the same, same movie. In the same movie. You yeah. know, like like that, that alone, you just changed the two most important parts of these characters. It's why they mesh. Yes. It's why the Batman-Superman dynamic works, works. is yeah. because Batman will always yeah. go against Superman's like yeah. law because yeah. he's the Boy Scout yeah. and then Batman's not, you know? Yeah. But again, they but that there's a line that they both respect is that they'll never kill. Yeah. And the problem is Zack Snyder threw that out the window when he had them both killed. Sure. So let me ask, who's your favorite Batman? For me personally, like Frank Miller's probably. Yeah. I, I was about to say it just like I, I think even though um, Christian Bale is not my favorite Batman, I just have a soft spot for Nolan, and I think his three films in a yeah, row. Yeah, that were I mean, that that alone is directing level. Blah, blah blah. I mean, Nolan is you know yes. God status of yeah. directing. So, um, but I you know personally though, I think Keaton is my favorite Batman just because of I love Tim Burton. Yes. You know, um, and the fact that he took the whole Art Deco sure vibe yeah. '60s and turned it into yeah. this modern, you know, like. Uh, yeah, weird, weird. You know, Tim Burton kind yeah. of way of seeing. And I, I find like, many people that haven't seen Michael Keaton's Batman, Batman is, 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 is people should all watch it. I, think. I mean, that 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 is what 
created animated series. Yes. You know, and yeah. the animated series became one of the greatest animated shows of all time. No, it, it did. You know, like, yeah. and that's because Tim Burton created that world. Yeah. You know? And so you're a movie buff like me, so I'll, I'll go on the slight tangent. Um, did you see Tenet? I haven't. I haven't seen yeah, it. you should watch it. I, I, I do want to watch it as, you know, obviously. In the theaters? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one that's like, if, if you... I, I, I love sure all Nolan's movies. I like I like the way he handles yeah. um, his world, the worlds that he creates. Yes, because he also does the research to make Tenet sure that special. It's, the first time I saw it, I, I've, I'm rarely I'm, I'm a loud person. I make I talk a lot. I watched it. Uh, I was happened to be in Arizona, empty theater, middle of COVID, IMAX. There's like eight people in there, all wearing masks. Like cool. Like oh god, whatever. Um, and I was silent for like an hour afterwards. Because you're just like. Trying to absorb. trying trying to absorb, trying to understand, but also realize that I just watched something where it's just like I realized two things: it's a masterpiece, but also most people will not understand this, and it's going to get panned. But also, the second part is that um, it's one of those movies that like you'll always remember the first time you watched it, and you, it will never be as good as the first time you saw it. Yeah. So it's like Actually, most of Nolan's movies are like that. But but that's what I'm saying. So like my my whenever Nolan comes a new movie, I always make sure like I watch it on the biggest loudest screen I can. Because he films it that way. That's what he you films know, like, it. Like, you know, Dunkirk was like... It, yeah, I mean, Dunkirk... Yeah. If you watch Dunkirk in the back of an airplane seat, you're like, okay, cool. You watch it in IMAX, you're like, this is... Yeah, it's because sound plays the biggest part in Dunkirk. Yes. I and mean, he talks about it, actually. Like, the... I would say the supporting actor to Dunkirk yeah. is the sound because the sound, he talks yeah. about this whole... He has a whole... Uh, sound theory about yeah. Dunkirk, you know, and he, also with Hans Zimmer and yes, exactly, and using being on like a yeah. uh, like an off minor, and because yeah. it's set, it's very unsettling. But it, he yeah. sits it in that place for the entire movie because yeah. it's supposed to be that way. And that's like, why Tenet's so fascinating. Is it's not Hans Zimmer for once. Yeah, that's good. Um, and yeah, it's very the soundtrack is incredible. Um, and then Michael Keaton. Did you ever see Birdman? Oh yes. So I think Birdman really is like, you know, somebody took the opportunity to take. Well, what if Batman basically, you know, it's yeah. kind of Batman Beyond, really, if you yeah. think about it. Like, and Ratu is a brilliant director. So. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And I like the idea that it's like it's shot like a Broadway, yeah. you know, you know, it's a it's one panning, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I, I like all that. Too. The, sing, the single the single shot was the single was shot thing is really just it's beautifully done. incredible. Yeah. But as a character yeah. of like the, the washed up, you know, hero or like yeah. hero, whatever, he uses that and he can't let it go. Like really, literally, on, honestly, yeah. it's just. It's it's the Batman Beyond character. It's yeah. Bruce. It's old 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 man Bruce Wayne. Basically, I didn't realize that through it. It's just like that was that was that's why it's so important that he played that yeah. character. Like, and I think I mean I've just been reading rumors that you know I think he got hired for this uh, for these next DC movies actually. Keaton. Yeah. I think he's gonna play. He's old, a great villain. He's gonna play. No, I think he's gonna play old Bruce Wayne. Old in Bruce some Wayne. Kind of alternate. Oh, universe, that's cool. You know. Yeah. Um, whether or not Batman Beyond becomes a thing, whatever. But Did you least, like him in? Um, Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah. Well, I think yeah. I... Yeah. I mean... Michael, Singular villain, like, you know, not coming back. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. I think Michael, Michael Keaton is a great actor. Yeah, he is. I actually liked him in RoboCop, actually, <laughs> when the, the remake they did. Yeah, <laughs> they did really good there, you know? I actually see that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, just to kind of come back full circle. Yes. When you have a super fan making something for the super fan, you're going to come out with something phenomenal. Yes. Like, again, I just come back to it that, like, Zack Snyder did not care about 
Batman or Superman. You know, a movie he did care about though, which I thought he did, he, did, he knocked the ball to the park of was Watchmen. And I, and you know, and that's probably because it was earlier in his career. Yeah. He wasn't trying to have ego. You know, no. he re, he just yeah. took the content yes from and, the books and made it and made a visual. I don't think anyone else could have done a better version. Three hundred too, right? Like, Three hundred, yes. Oh he literally God. page for page. Yeah, didn't change anything. Yeah. But it's because he did those two movies well. That, that he that built this ego, ego yeah. that he could change things. Yeah. You know, it's like, look, you did watch some things that can't like you did changed. Watchmen well because you did it page for page. Yes. Right. Yeah. Literally. That's Alan Moore's yeah. freaking, you know, yeah. you don't fuck with Alan Moore. You, you right? don't fuck yeah. with it. Right. Like, and the same thing with 300, you don't fuck with Frank Miller. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there's a reason why they, those graphic novels are like the greatest, Legend, you yeah. know, legendary status now. So like, yeah. why would you try to mess with that? And so, of course, when he tried to mess with it with Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman and Justice League, it's like, dude, that's why you, you fucked up because you changed the core of the characters. And to yeah. that same point is why I'm going to go to Ryan Johnson is you changed the core of, of the Wars. most important character in all of Star Wars, yeah. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Like, Luke Skywalker impressive. is supposed to be the hope, yeah. right? He's supposed to be the guy that is supposed to be Superman status, yeah. but you made him a little punk bitch. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah. he already went through that during yeah. Re Return of the Jedi. And, and here's the thing is like, um, oh God. I'm Why would you regress a character yeah. after he's already grown? Do you know what I mean? And like, Mark Hamill, you could tell he was not pleased with the way Oh, and his whole thing on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why when um, Mandalorian... Yeah. That's why Mark Hamill's so happy about the Mandalorian thing because they presented it the the way yes. that it should have yes. been. Yes, Mandalorian know? is is genuinely the best piece and that, of content and that, I've watched. Oh, and, that, and we come back to that again is yeah. that Dave Filoni is yeah. a super fan. Yeah. He is George Lucas's protege. Yeah, you know. So the also, fact I do. I I think um, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Um, John Favreau. John Favreau, yes. who also did Iron Man, I think is one of the most. Oh, of course. Uh, he uh, he too is super also fan. a super fan. Like the yeah. fact that they respect yes. the source material yes. to so much that yeah. they would never. I shit just on love, it, I also love know? how Favreau is on all of his own movies. Like, oh yeah, of course he has to. That to me is incredible. Yeah, but yeah. It's, the thing is, it's, people, th it's not an ego thing. It's not. It's just it's just, it's a, it's a signature thing. But Tarantino is in his own movies Tarantino too. Tarantino does his own thing too. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I think at one point in time. So you're also a big film buff like me. Do you think Tarantino make more than ten films? He's, he's nah, I think he'll do the ten. He'll do the ten. I don't know if he'll do eleven. I mean, he'll do. I think. Do I think he, he's talked about basically like he's at an age where he's just like. He just comes out with movies when when he wants to. It's he all does. It's not even like, about a. And so I think box if he, if he anymore. does an eleventh, it'll be because he really wants. And he has a brilliant idea, and it'll probably his eleventh might be the one that wins it for him. And if ten isn't yeah the the next Kill Bill or whatever, then. The only one that would be eleventh would be the Kill Bill one. Yeah, a Kill Bill three. In this three, case. basically. Yeah. yeah, or it would be Kill. Uh, what's her name? Yeah. What's her name? Um, I'm blanking. It starts with the B. I know you're talking about. Whatever Uma Thurman's character, the bride, <laughs> whatever the bride's character. Wait, I, I, this this whole podcast has been such a regurgitation of all my like all media knowledge. So like my my brain is kind of fried at this point. I'm just yeah. like I don't remember, but it's interesting. There's some betting odds on what his final film tenth will be, and just like, I mean, knowing him, he's gonna come out with something unexpected. Like once upon a time, Hollywood was like unexpected, unexpected but incredible, beautiful, yeah. but unexpected. Right? That last thirty minute scene is just. I'm just his, poetry. His romanticization of L.A. Just yeah. I mean, 
it made my move back to LA so much more like satisfying Graceful, because I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, this is why I moved back to LA. But um, and he was telling the story that of the of the Manson twins, yeah, yeah. right? Just, just kind of softly too, softly. You know like, I mean? like if if you didn't know that, that was didn't the know point, it, you okay. wouldn't know, and that's okay. You'd be like, who are those guys? They're the Manson like, brothers. But they were like, just like, hey, we're gonna have a party next door. Like, you want to come? Or like, yeah. it was just funny. Like his his <laughs> nuance of it was really good, you know. Yeah. And I I appreciate that. So, but yeah, I think I think I don't. I think you'll go to 10, but I also think that the 10th one will either, like I said, be something totally left field. Like, yeah. it's going to be on a, a genre that, like, well, we don't even... Do you have a favorite Tarantino? That's, it's, I know it's a very hard question. Almost not fair. Not very Almost. Fair uh, I mean, I like the Kill Bill series just because I love yeah. Kung Fu flicks and all that. Yeah. But... But maybe as more of a movie movie. Yeah. I think I liked I think I liked Jackie Brown maybe the most. Yeah. Cause it was just so Oh also because I loved uh disco funk and jazz yeah. a lot. Yeah. And that played such a huge part into Jackie Brown and also yeah. just like the the pacing of it was so sure. unique and For different, sure. right? Yeah. Um but then also Reservoir Dorks too had had its own kind of yeah. almost Broadway esque sure. single scenario sure. shot, right? Yeah. Um, to me, it's like I I I I fight around like two through six are, are debatable in my mind, mm. but if, but number one for me with Tarantino will be always Django, and I just I don't know why yeah. or how, but yeah, like, Django was really really good, yeah, because it's I one mean, of the most rounded films. It's just like and and, uh, and the other day he he is, Jamie Fox killed that character, but also too. he's um. Uh, Tarantino is a is a Western buff. Yeah, yes. he loves yes. good old spaghetti Western. Yes, so, and, but, but his was like a let's flip it on this head. Yeah, exactly, it's a Tarantino style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a there's a black there's protagonist. A, yeah, there's there's a black yeah. protagonist. Yeah. It's extra bloody. Yes, you know, like and Christoph Waltz, who might be everybody dies. Arguably, so people people say like their Tarantino's made a few careers. Oh, yeah. I think the most prestigious of those is Christoph Waltz. Like his character, you know why? Right, just is because anyone who can let's say take dialogue to a whole nother level, yes, which Christopher did. Walsh does. Yes. That's his, that's his like skill is that he can yeah. innately take 30 minutes of dialogue, yeah. single layer dialogue yeah. and make it brilliant. brilliant. And, and on top of the fact that Tarantino yeah. is hugely yeah. uh, like cementing dialogue as the most important part yes. to all his movies, you yes. know, where, all they, all he has is literally like yeah. 30, 40 minute rants of dialogue between yes. two people. I mean, Pulp Fiction is a good example, right? Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I, just, I mean, every the, movie. The fact you know, that people like, still see Samuel Jackson this day and do like, do the scene, do the scene, do the scene. Yeah. Like, he's like, really? Come on. Like, watch the film. Yeah. It was, I mean, even just that, that scene I would even say is even just still, that one's still very like thematic. You know, yes. I would say some of his best dialogue just when they're sitting over at dinner table like yeah. in Reservoir Dogs when they're just shooting the shit between them where they're talking yeah. about the it's job. so you know, hard it's to like, capture things that are intrinsically human on the screen correct and that's but he does that very well. yes he makes them they talk about everyday things and you're already in it like yes immediately like the the talk between Travolta and yeah and and Jackson, Jackson like yeah. just them talking about the their lives Royale yeah. with cheese and all yeah, that it's yeah. just like but again, he does a good job of build up, you know, like yeah. in the Inglorious Bastards when, yes. when like literally they're building up when they like when they do the three whiskeys yeah. thing, like that whole conversation alone yes. is so brilliant because he's trying to get you settled. Yes. 
so that you feel like it's okay, but it very there much is not. No. Yeah. And, and so I think that like Nolan, he, I love how he reuses the same actors over Yeah, because over. you know... When you do that, I, yeah. I would do the same thing because it's Scorsese, it's Tarantino. Because you know your actors, yes. Because then, in the in the previous X films before, yeah, you'd be like, okay, so I took him this angle and he did that, but I noticed that he he kind of did something over here, but even though that wasn't the character, yeah. I like it. So yeah. actually, I'm going to build a character for that. Well, also you know? he said that same thing. That's like he said Django wouldn't have been possible unless he knew Christopher Christoph Waltz's ability from *Inglorious bastards. Yes. Like he wrote that character for, for Christoph it. Waltz. A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. There's no one else who could have. And also he wrote Django for Jamie Foxx. There's no one else who could have done that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyone else and, and, I mean, even kill bill. I think he wrote it for Uma Thurman. Cause yes. he was like super obsessed with her. Yes. But he liked the idea that this like strong female, yep. you know, character getting revenge. Sure. You know, like, sure. I, I, again, it's just like, I think that's a good way to think about yeah. it. Yeah. You know? And it's sad that neither him nor Nolan have yet to win an Oscar, but it's going to prove that it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day. Because the Oscars and the Grammys and yeah. all these award driven things, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. You yeah. know, there's, there's well, a lot of agendas. I, my favorite, you know? yeah. My favorite example is when, uh, Daft Punk's, you know, RIP random access memories won the Grammy. Their speech is like, we, thought this album was trash. Like, I don't know. Yeah, why because they only won because it was popular because yeah. of the Pharrell and all that kind of stuff. Like why didn't, I mean, they're uh, uh, clearly a homework and discovery yeah. were a big gajillion times better yeah. and more. And the know, funny thing is the songs that won the Grammys, like get lucky was like the, 12th best song on that album like i think instant crush and what's the song um touch that song is like how they ended their video of saying goodbye is just yeah. like it's a nine because minute long was... it's a nine minute ballad to music it is that's why like my favorite gr group growing up was rush so like i always mm -hmm. understood these like album is 38 minutes and it's four songs like don't fuck with it just listen to it sit there enjoy it and then when you're on you were taught you, you learned a story you learned a, a magical thing so we're, we'll, we'll wrap this up but the last thing i know is um uh, my mentor, who's recording his, his apartment right now here in L.A., um, him and I are very, very excited for the adaption of the Isaac Asimov Foundation series on Apple TV+. Plus. Mm. I don't know how familiar you are with Foundation. Not too much. Um, this, I don't know how many books it was, but a couple books that Isaac Asimov wrote, and they're considered to be one of the greatest science fiction series of all time. And Apple TV picked it up, and they're going to do it in 80 hours. So they're committing to like a Game of Thrones length. Like cool. Each one's basically a movie. And they, it's like, and I think that that's, that's the new phrase. It's just like, I don't care that Netflix releases 80 shows a year because most of them aren't good. Yeah. My thing is like, the, I, I tell people who agree with me, like the best show in the past two years has come out of The Mandalorian. That yeah. I, I haven't seen anything better. Yeah. And like what Lucasfilm is doing with that, I forget the screen. You've seen the, the, the image that they have this like dynamic screen that changes mm, background. Yeah, 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 yeah. No more green screens. It's like, it's yeah. an actual screen. Yeah. So I'm just excited to see where things going. And I think that like, now is really that time when people can fully realize these science fiction fantasy stories and tell them the way that they were envisioned in the first place. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a huge Bunk, Bunk Mr. Fuller kind of yeah. guy. So, yeah. I mean, he's the king of sci-fi. You know, so I would love to manifest his thought process into yeah. an immersive environment yeah. today. Is that the tattoo on your, on your elbow? It is, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a... It's a it's a biodome. Biodome, yeah. And he created that for uh, uh, sustainable um, housing, yep. actually, yep. for homelessness. So. So that's a, that's a, there's no better place to end it right there. <laughs> totally. I mean. uh, yeah, Buckyballs is, uh, you know, my degree in my background in engineering. It's like, mm -hmm. it's, fa it's fascinating something like that. Like, Elon Musk will be that person. Like, oh, he'll, yeah. he'll show he up is, in, 
in meme culture and science fiction culture like he's going to be a character in video games he's also going to be like an edison someone that people is that of our generation yes yes and if in like um i have a friend who works with them at spacex and every single time they're just like he's He's a normal, he's a normal nerd. Like yeah. he'll he'll talk about the most recent video game he's playing, and you're like, how do you have time to play video games? And he's like, oh. but again, <laughs> like I, I kind of go into the idea that again, like for as hard as you work, you need to equally rest oh, rest yes. as hard, and but that rest can include whatever your rest is. Like one sure. of my rests is yeah. playing video games yeah. and watching anime. Yes, but during that rest, yep. I'm also being inspired by those things. Sure, you know, and and I. I was so distracted by video games for so long, I got rid of them. And then I haven't had my own console in almost five years now. And I decided this year, it's like, I'm going to PS5 and get back into it because it's just like, there There's was some, a certain. Yeah. And I can, I can, thing. I can understand when you get yeah. distracted by sure. the things, but like, if you can have the self-discipline to, to be like, yeah. to like, okay, I'm going to stop playing right now. Or, yeah. but don't get me wrong. I will go into, you know, hours, hours of, of playing. playing. But yeah. again, like, it to me is productive because yeah. I'm still being very inspired by the world that it yeah. that these people have created with these games. And I trust me, I sure. use that thought process later on when yes. I'm working. Yes. And I know? think I think there's so much research now on cognitive studies of on, on like it's like if you don't play video games and you already work in design and engineering, if you play video games, you might unlock an extra 20% of your brain. 100%. 30% of your brain. And, that, and that to me is like... You have the possibility. Yes. It's like, it's like um, you know, it's, it's just chance and gambling. It's like yeah. by doing things that yeah. inspire that could inspire you, you have a chance of unlocking. Why sure. wouldn't you? you know? So I guess the question for you would be uh, twofold, and then we're going to end this. Um, someone like me doesn't own a single console right now. Where, where do you recommend I start? Do you think I go the Switch route? Get the PS5? Like, I'm not an Xbox person, so I know that's not that. I've always been a PlayStation um, guy. So It's funny. I literally just had this talk about with, with a couple of friends of mine. Um, it depends on what you want to start with. Do you want to start yeah. with being awed through this kind of like immersive uh, yeah. like performance of sure. like graphics? And yeah. da, 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 da. Like PS5 will... will will take you there. Sure. Like, you want to just, I also really miss playing call of duty. So that's, <laughs> I mean, and there's probably nothing, yeah, yeah. And, and nothing will, wrong with that. that yeah. will tr- drive you right into it. You know, yeah. like again, like PS5 does and, and any, any of the PlayStation games in general yeah. or high performance games that yeah. you will, any world that they constructed as soon as you dip in, get in there, yeah. get dip, in there, dip your toe, you literally feel like you're yeah. there because of the, obviously all the, the yeah. research and development that they put to put it sure. in. Like that's what, the high performance consoles do. Yes. You know? Um, if you want to start off that way, yeah. then obviously that's the choice. And, right? and selfishly, I'm begging for Nintendo to basically make a hybrid between the Switch and the DS. And this, like. But but the Switch does do that. No, no, for sure. But you know I, I, I mean? want like, it to be something you could arguably throw, like, in your, I mean, in your pocket, right? The. the 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 switch can't I mean you kind sure. of need to but be pocket. like, like I just, but no but, your phone but you know right? how beautiful the switch is in the sense that you can literally take it with you yes and no you, no I'm aware the, of that yeah that is like the fact you can take the entire console but that's intrinsically you know? Nintendo and that's why they kept it that way oh, of course is that but my favorite video game console of all time growing up as a kid over GameCube everything was my PSP oh yeah my I mean, PSP, PSP was my I mean I would say for me Battlefront I never II. got it but I borrowed it from a friend but sure Game Gear, game Gear. <laughs> That was Sega's. That was before my time. Uh, yeah, color. You know, it was yes. the, co- the first color one that was portable, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was just it held really yeah. nice. You know, to me, to me, uh, nothing was better than Battlefield Battlefront Two and PSP. Mm. Like I just, I just, 
Battlefield PSP, and then Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I had the they when they did the for, the HD movies on PSP. Oh, yeah, you could watch yeah, the discs. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Dude, I, I mean, like I said, Switch is a totally different kind of mindset. Yeah. Um, I, I love my Switch, obviously, because as you mentioned, yeah. with all, all the kind of co-op games and you know multiplayer games and sure. all that. But also, I mean, I love the Zelda game on Switch is yeah. one of the most beautiful games put together. Um, and again, just the fact that you can travel. It's the perfect travel yeah. companion. Yeah. Honestly. Sorry, I was waiting so. for that. Yeah. And then um, last but not least, um, this question I'm asked often, and I'm the worst person asked for this, but... Um, I think more and more people are getting into manga these days. Mm. Um, where, if someone you said, someone's like, I don't, I've never watched anything. Where do I start? Mm. So I can give you some tops, you know, sure. some of the best ones of all time kind yeah. of thing to kind of start off. Uh, and, you know, and it'll just put you into the culture. Yes. Right. And then, and then you'll start learning more and, and more. And you'll start about, learning more. And then obviously yeah. once you start getting addicted to those, then you'll kind yeah. of go into the rest. So I would say one of them, um, uh, obviously, I think Dragon Ball Super is a good start because yes. <laughs> Super does a good job of consolidating all the old ones yeah. into a new show because yeah. they speed it up and they kind of chop it up into smaller episodes yeah. that you can watch quickly because all the old ones were so long. Um, so start with Dragon Ball Super. Yep. That's obviously – and that's for the culture, yes. right? Then Naruto, obviously, because yeah. that's that's kind of the, the – the Dragon Ball Part Two, basically sure. of our of our time, right? Sure. So Naruto and Shippuden, like yep. those kind of together, go we'll go through all those. Then I'm gonna throw out some ones that are kind of semi old, but like yep. legend status now yep. is Cowboy Bebop. Yep. Right. So that's a that is probably one of the greatest anime of all time. Same creator, which is connected, which I also would suggest is a Samurai Champloo. Yeah. You know, so that's again another one to kind of as you do that one, kind of sure. connect to that one. But if, as we just talked about Tarantino and Spaghetti Westerns, yeah. if you like that with space, then Trigon oh, is, that's interesting. is a that's really a, that's my old, old school yeah. one. But this is a, a, a hilarious, but also beautiful yeah. kind of uh, just space Western. There's like a manga sense. streaming, a manga, a manga, anime streaming service, isn't there? Uh, yes. So the one that I subscribe to, uh, you know, not sponsored, not sponsored, uh, but yeah. I love is Crunchyroll. They Crunchyroll. Have, yeah, they, ha- I've they heard really about have that, the yeah. best consolidation of all, like the great yep. animes, but also new and ones. And most of the ones you just mentioned and are, most on ones are, are on there. Cool. Yeah. So if you have like already have Hulu, then you're, you're going to knock yourself out with like cool. I think Samurai Champloo and uh, old original Naruto is on there. I don't know if Shippuden's on there. Yeah. Uh, but Super's on Crunchyroll. Like, yeah. So if you cool. have Hulu and Super, uh, Crunchyroll, you'll knock out it's, a, a it's, handful it's, you know, of It's cheaper ones. than the Triple A Burrito these days for a month. You know? 100%. So, so yeah. just, just go and try And as, as always, um, I do link every single thing we talked about. Like every single thing will be linked below in Sick. order based on like the time. Talked about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I and I did this because I was inspired. Because sometimes you're listening to podcasts and people are talking so fast, and you just listed five things, and like I'm not gonna like most people can't spell those things. Yeah, 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 with, yeah. Right. And so I learned that I split up by 15 minute increments, and it's like sections of hyperlinks. Things you talked about. So, and you know, yeah. this is this is a note to people listening right now. Um, as a reminder, if you've seen my stuff before, you know that it's always in there. But yeah, so I just because I've always appreciated where it's like. If you talk about it, you should be sharing it, mm, that's right? Good. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and because I think so many podcasts just like, yeah, you should look into this and this and this and this, and then you're like, you know, uh, I, I, pause I and write even, and pause yeah, and write. Yeah, yeah. But then you know, as a reminder, it's always nice to be like, look, just just it's on my blog, just click it, type it. Oh, two more I'll add yeah. in the mix just Please. because they're beautiful and yeah. just again iconically amazing is. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Yes. Yeah. Both Brotherhood and the original. Watch yeah. them both. And then the last one is just my personal favorite is Hunter x Hunter. Hunter x Hunter. Yeah. Both the old one and the, the yeah. they kind of did a reboot in like 2011 or 9 or something. That one too. And you can watch it cool. all the way through. Yeah. 
Cool. Any um any final or imparting words? Um I I you know, as a creative, I always say like if you feel strongly about something, yeah, then you should do it. Really, it. it's, I like to keep it simple. Like if you Perfect. really feel strongly about something, well, yeah. you should probably do it. All right. Well, um, thanks for this. Yeah, of course, man. I, yo, I appreciate it. Always. Always. Always pleasure. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap up the rest off, off audio, but I uh, hope you all have a good uh, rest of your day. Thanks, man. I hope you all enjoyed this episode with myself and John Tang. As always, you can find me on social media at Rob Auchincloss and John Tang on social media at John T. Tang. I hope you all have a fantastic and wondrous rest of your day. Goodbye.